Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, 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 what up? This is Rocky Asuka Romero of Chaos, and you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be uh, reviewing the first four nights of the Road to Destruction, previewing Destruction in Beppu and Kagoshima, answering your questions, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 5,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your first month free. Make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash SOCIALSUPLEX. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt, as well as all the other t-shirts here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. All right, this week we got the young boy back in the studio. I'm making my grand entrance, my grand return. The masses have waited. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody missed you last week, man. Yeah, I got a lot of private messages. They told me that uh, Rich sucked, and uh, it, it wasn't the same without me. And I was like, I know. I <laughs> no, actually, uh, I appreciate Rich coming in um, last minute. If you guys can't tell, my energy level is pretty low. I am definitely under the weather right now. Young boy feeling sick. Um yeah, not feeling so hot this week, but uh, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to get this thing popping and, uh, you know, talk about the most exciting time of the year, Road to Destruction. <laughs> the tour that everybody's loving right now. Are, I, I'm not even online. Are people 
like feeling the way we're feeling. No, I, I honestly like I see like the diehards that are out there like watching. You know, they're like, my god. <laughs> no, they're actually you know watching and liking and stuff like that. No, but, I, no, like in a, in, in a good way. They're like, my god, these Lij matches <laughs> are popping. Yeah, and which is I found it hilarious. To, um, so Maserati on our group and social suplex, he was like, oh, you know. First, he thought it was you. He was like, Josh, uh, spoiled two Young Lions Cup matches for me. What? And I was like, well, if it was from the Keeping It Strong Style Twitter account, it was me. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never. It's not that I wouldn't spoil something. I would never tweet. I would never tweet anything. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, Josh was like rarely on there. And I was like, it was me. And I was like, I don't think anybody was like avoiding like Young Lion oh, Cup yeah. spoilers. Ma- Miles Rodgers was probably pissed. He's like, what the heck? Alex Coughlin won. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, if you're on Just, Twitter, justice for Suji. <laughs> yeah, if you're on Twitter, expect you know to see spoilers out there. Even how, though, how long did you wait before you tweeted it out? I mean, I was trying to live tweet, you know, trying to get some content uh, on our our Twitter account, mm-hmm. you know. You, you didn't check with me first. You should have checked with me. I would have told. <laughs> I would told you not to do that. But like, uh, you know, Maserati's watching. You got, he's waiting. Can't, can't, can't between those results out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I had something good to say there, but I forgot what it was. This is gonna be a rough episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, like while the diehards here are like really excited about like, you know, Michael Richards and Yuya Yamura. Like the rest of the world, they're all talking about like Jericho and bubbly and a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> we even like, uh, you guys did a really good job last week, but like you didn't even mention like Jericho won the world title. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess well, technically, I guess it is. Uh, that's, that's New Japan news, man. Yeah, that is. I, I didn't think about it, but yeah, I can't wait till he comes to New Japan to defend the belt. Yeah, we're title gonna, versus title. We're gonna yeah, have the AEW World Title on the uh, Wrestle Kingdom show. It's gonna be great. Can't wait. So yeah, so before we jump into talking about Road to Destruction, we're going to talk about the, uh, we have some awards to give for August, the August Wrestler of the Month and the August Match of the Month. We know so, you guys have been waiting, bated <laughs> breath. Yeah, desperately waiting to see what the the August Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month would be. So starting off with the Wrestler of the Month, the August Wrestler of the Month, we are awarding to the G1 Climax 29 winner, the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Yeah, man. I mean, um, this G1 was fantastic. And you even factor in uh, things like World Quest, some of the other shows. Uh, August was a packed month. Um, and it's crazy. August actually... This year's flying by. I know we say that all the time, but, like, the G1 feels like it was a, a super long time ago for some reason to me. It does. And, you know, I, I was looking at the schedule today, and I'm like, all right, well, we're in destruction right now. Then King of Pro Wrestling's right around the corner in October. And then it's going to be uh, Super Junior Tag League. Then it's going to be World Tag League. Um, and then Wrestle Kingdom will be here. Yeah. Well, you forgot Road to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Road, road, for, road to Tokyo Dome. Don't forget about Road to Tokyo Dome. Yeah, that's going to that's be a great tour. That's going to be a very important tournament. A super, lot a lot of angles tour. will be shot. <laughs> it's totally going to change the card for Wrestle Kingdom. It's going to change the trajectory. Kota Ibushi going to defend his, his contract on one of those Road 2 shows. The world will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss out, guys, on, the, on these Road 2 shows. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was so many guys in the month of August that hypothetically could have really been wrestler of the month. I mean, we there was just, there's so many guys that were having, like, career renaissances. You talk about your Lance Archers. Talk about your Ishii's. 
You know, even Mox had a great month. You know, Okada. Right. I mean, uh, there was definitely a, a strong case for Okada. You know, all his G1 matches and then also the Suzuki match from Royal Quest was seen to be one of the top matches of that weekend. And Kenta. Yeah. With the angle and the different stuff and him uh, defeating Ishii over in uh, England the other week. Like, that, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, obviously, Osprey's just always a possibility, no matter what. Like, he, it doesn't matter what he's doing; it's 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 possible that he's the wrestler of the month at right. any given moment. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I think after you know, thinking about the kayfabe, thinking about the quality of match output, and thinking about you know the trajectory going forward, like the most accomplished guy in both of our minds had to be Kotobushi. Right, just from a you know match quality standpoint, from a kayfabe standpoint, factoring that he won the G one climax His first ever. Yeah, you know, beating you know Tanahashi, who he failed to beat um, in last year's oh, G one. There's so many matches that I'm gonna forget from this year's G one that were fantastic, and that's like one. That's like one, <laughs> like that match was so good. Yeah, and then um, you know overcoming an uh, ankle injury or quote unquote injury. We don't you know. People uh, are questioning the, uh, that was real. the legitimacy of, of the ankle. When you say people, you mean rich. <laughs> just rich. There's no one else. Now, I've seen some other people kind of throwing it out there like, you know. Just the rich heads. Just the people that follow him online. <laughs> that, is that, that's his followers? That's his followers, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm trying to think of something. The, uh, so, something that has, like, with rich in the name. Yeah, or the, uh, the, Le- the Lata Legion. Yeah, the Lata Legion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Kota Ibushi, chain gang. <laughs> the uh, the Latomaniacs. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! I don't I don't want to be associated with Rich anymore. Oh. He's out here disrespecting pro wrestlers. Bully Ray don't like him. I I'm not I'm not trying to fuck with him. No Oh my gosh Yeah so yeah guys Check out One Nation Radio They have a nice little recap Of uh, Rich's little Twitter war With uh, Bully Ray If you've bro, uh, missed out on that Bro I know we're spending A lot of time Rich But this is hilarious Rich is always getting into it With pro wrestlers Like Phil Baroni Got into it with uh, Who else he get into it with There's someone else uh, was it, it was another shooter Was it Josh Burnett I can't remember It might have been I know him and Phil Baroni Definitely got into it Like online I was like bro You're gonna get killed <laughs> Now Bully Ray Although, like, if I don't, never mind. I was gonna talk smack just now. And I was like, never mind. I won't say. I won't say. Anything. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, just, just Rich, if you ever get in trouble, we we got your back. I, I'll, I'll ankle pick bully. <laughs> he can't hit all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, we better be careful before we get a welcome to backstage to uh, Ring of Honor. But uh, so yeah, Kota Ibushi, the August wrestler of the month, and then for the August match of the month, it's going to be that G1 Climax 29 Finals with Kota Ibushi versus Switchblade Jay White. Did you think that was the match of the tournament? Yeah, I did too. Yeah, that was, I had that match at uh, five stars. Uh, I think it was my only second. I only had two five star matches. I think for the whole tournament. And this was one of them. And it's I just one of my only five star matches of the whole year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just we've we've recapped it before. It's incredible. It's an incredible contest. And I mean it, it. That really does say something, though. Like you know, winning match of the month in like May or February is a completely different uh, thing in most cases than winning it in like August or July when it comes to New Japan. So uh, it's a big deal. So yeah, uh, Bushi J White definitely. Definitely in my book for a match of the year contender. And I mean, I 
I don't know, man. It's going to be a close race this year. Yeah, and, you know, award season, man, that's that's coming up soon. We're going to have to finalize uh, the awards uh, spreadsheet pretty soon and get that out to you lovely listeners to vote on. But, yeah, yeah. this uh, you know, Kota Ibushi will definitely be a wrestler of the year candidate, and this matchup um, will definitely be a, a match of the year contender. Ibushi taking all the awards in August. Mm-hmm. Nice. Golden star. Um, so now we're going to move on to Road to Destruction. We had four Road to shows this past week. And they were fantastic. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. But uh, we're not going to go super in-depth on a lot of these matches. We'll talk about You don't want to talk about Rocky Romero, Yoshiashi, and Ishii against Shado, <laughs> Tengaloa, and Tamatanga? <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the results and if any angles really happened there. But a lot of these matches, if you've watched these Road 2 shorts before, if you've seen the results, it's pretty much have been a lot of the same matches uh, for the exception of the Young Lions Cup matches. So, and, you, and you know with that like that's something that in the past it's it's give and take I think with New Japan like um, we've discussed this in the past where you know one of the criticisms about like road two shows it's like okay I wish that they were changing things up a bit you know what I mean um, and that's a valid like argument to valid like uh, criticism but at the same time it's again give and take because when you kind of look at what we're going to be getting at the end of the tour with uh, the destruction shows, they're probably going to be fantastic. And these builds aren't so bad. It's just the repetitive nature of it. Um, but there is no such thing as a perfect, you know, wrestling company. Like they have their way of doing things that this is kind of a time when guys get sort of a bit of a break uh, in their schedule. And, you know, it is what it is. But the one thing I will say, even though this can be a little monotonous, we're kind of making fun of it. They do give you little, little, like, little trinkets, little, little nuggets, things that, you know, they reward you for being a, a loyal fan and follower. Right. They do, you know, throw some angles in there. There are some yeah. promos in there that kind of progress storylines and matches along. And, you know, people will come on Twitter and be like, oh, there's no stories in New Japan. But if you, you're watching these Road 2 shows and you're watching these uh, promos that are happening after the shows, you're, you're getting your stories. You're getting advancements in characters and rivalries. I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine recently. Um, I was telling them, they're like, well, are there stories? And I was like, well, yes. And like, well, all I've seen is people wrestling. <laughs> I was like, well, the stories are in the matches. And then they're like, well, when are they going to come out and talk? <laughs> Where's the 20-minute uh, opening segment? I was like, they don't do that. When's Harold May coming out? I was like, it's a little different. They're like, oh, it's like AEW. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's different. Uh, so let's uh, start breaking down these row two shows. So uh, we had. I was the like, no, AEW is like New Japan. Take it back. <laughs> uh, so we had the Road to Destruction on September 4th. This kicked off the Young Lions Cup matches. So the opening match, we had um, Alex Coughlin making his New Japan debut uh, from the L.A. Dojo taking on uh, Yota Suji from the New Japan Dojo. Uh, this match went uh, 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, I thought this was a, a, a good kind of hoss match here between uh, Suji and Coughlin. Um, I will say, man, Suji's chops were pretty weak in this match. Uh, there was a chop exchange toward the, the beginning of the match, and uh, Suji was just uh, sounding off with these light chops, and then Coughlin was coming back with these hard, like, killer chops, um, and just totally, like, out, kind of outshining Suji there. Yeah, it's a little surprising. I agree with you. Um, Suji has been known to be, like, the bruiser of the Young Lions class, too. And in the past, he's, like, out there murdering people. So I'm wondering, maybe he was told to, like, ease back a bit. 
Right, that's a possibility. Maybe try to get Coughlin over his his first uh, match in Japan. Maybe, maybe not even just for this match in particular. Maybe they're just like, "Yo, Suji, you're out there literally murking <laughs> guys." Like, like who are you, Walter? Calm down. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> um, this kid don't know how to work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought this was a great way to kick the show off here. And uh, Alex Coughlin gets the half crab on Suji. Deep. Cranks it back and Yota Suji submits. Uh, so we have. Do you think that's one thing I've been noticing? Have you have you been noticing that a lot of the uh, LA Dojo guys are using the half crab specifically? Yeah, especially uh, during the G One tour when uh, Fredericks and Connors uh, were picking up wins, they were mainly using uh, the half crab. Sometimes they use the, the, the normal Boston crab, but most of the time it's that single they leg crab. Also, do I don't know if you've noticed this? They use it. They use a variation of the half crab where it goes across their body as opposed to on the same side. So, like, yeah. they, like for instance, they're not crank if they're grabbing, um, you know, uh, let's think of well, instead of like the leg being on the same side as the arm, they bring it across their own torso and crank the opposite way. So it's a, it's uh, not that it, that's unheard of, but it's just kind of unique. I'm noticing all the guys do it that way over there. Um, do you think that that's like the LA dojo like finish? Uh, like the half crab, I guess so. I mean, that, that's been, what it seems like. Yeah, but they've been using it a lot. You know, they established it in the uh, the G one undercard. So storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess Shibata. That's what he's he's been training those guys how to rip apart one leg instead of two. If you can destroy one, then you can definitely destroy two. I guess. I don't yeah, know. I just I've been noticing that, and I'm like, oh, okay, the half crab. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Coughlin picks up the big win here, kind of a upset in a way. I thought this is good though. Overall, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like blow away, but I mean, this is a good start to, uh, you know, my favorite tournament of the year. Yeah. And so uh, L.A. Dojo, Young Lions have one on the board. They were Coughlin, uh, New Japan, Young Lions, Big Fat Zero there. So then we uh, move on to Shooter, Shota Umino, taking on Clark Connors. And this was a, a kind of a quick sprint, seven minute match. But as soon as the bell Rang these guys were you know ran each other exchanging uh, strikes and chops going back and forth a lot of quick action here uh, but it came down with Connors cutting Umino in half of that spear we've been seeing him hit that spear in the undercards in the G one and he's brought the spear back here and just totally um, you know cut Umino in half and then locks in the uh, Boston Crab and shooter. Taps out. Huge upset here. One of the favorites to win the Young Lion Cup. Shota uh, Umino taps out here to L.A. Dojo Connors. I wouldn't expect anything less from the uh, apprentice of a quitter, you know. <laughs> you got Mox quitting. Came and be bothered to show up for a pay-per-view. Of course his apprentice, apprentice is going to tap out. These two losers. My God. No, um, but in all seriousness. In all serious, seriousness. In all seriousness. Um. I was very surprised to see Shotim, you know, take the early loss to uh, Clark Connors. Yeah, I mean, from one point, it does kind of make sense because obviously it the, does. The, the two favorites are Umino and Fredericks, and you do, you know, you don't want to give give it away that these guys are going to win, so you kind of set them up with the losses. You know, similar to G1 where some of the favorites are kind of losing in the early hand had to come back, so I think they are going to tell a story in this tournament with Umino and Fredericks having to kind of fight back. Do you feel like so far with this... Uh Young Lions Cup that there's more of um, actual narrative surrounding it than the previous one. I definitely do, especially that that one we watched um, in November of 2017, uh, the 11th Young Lions Cup. That one just kind of felt more like just like straight sports space. Like there was very 
very little real narrative around it or anything, but these guys have, uh, in my opinion, somewhat more defined characters and more defined backgrounds. Right. So there's a little more to like sink your teeth into when it comes to this this uh, iteration of the tournament. Then you also have the whole um, understory of the um, of the LA Dojo versus the uh, New Japan Dojo, and then the one representative of the Folly Dojo. You know, trying to fight oh, that for the guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll talk about him in a second. But these guys kind of fighting for a dojo pride here. So I think that's a backstory. I mean, we've been seeing that kind of war with the LA dojo and we the have New a dojo. Japan. I don't know why they didn't invite someone from our dojo. We yeah. got a young boy here. Yeah, we could we could have had uh, both of us could have represented the uh, keeping a strong style dojo in the tournament. Uh, but yeah, it's just that that whole rivalry with the dojos and kind of you know seeing which dojo is better you know we saw I'd be having better matches than Richards I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I believe it was Suji during the G one at the very end he's like you guys have to come back to Japan if you want to be real young lions you got to be here in Japan so they're back here in Japan and so far you know L A um, dojo they got um, two wins here on the first night nice. So that brings us to the next match. We had an undercard tag with um, Michael Richards from the Folly Dojo, Carl Fredericks from the LA Dojo, teaming up with Satoshi Kojima to take on Tenzon, who is teaming up with Ren Narita and Yamura from the New Japan Dojo. This is fun. One thing I like, I just like to see Kojima and Tenzon square off sometimes. A little bit of a nostalgia there. Right. And, and like you mentioned, while, while we we're watching, this is not something you see. Um, a lot often, you know, since they've kind of formed Ten Cozy and kind of been a tag team for the last few years, you really don't see them mix it up that much. So it's, that is always very interesting to see them kind of mix it up there and also get in there with the young lines as well. Uh, so the team of uh, Richards, Fredericks, and Kojima get the win after Kojima uh, hit the uh, Koji Cutter and Lariat combo there. To one pick one, up the one win. more for the white guys. <laughs> yeah, so LA Dojo just sweeping the uh, New Japan Dojo yeah. on the first night. So then we had uh, Birds of Prey teaming up with Hunma and Hanare to take on the Bullet Club team of Chase Owen, Jujo Takahashi, ELP, and Taiji Ishimori. Obviously, this match is uh, building up to the junior tag title match with Birds of Prey and ELP and Ishimori, as well as the King of Pro Wrestling singles match with Osprey and ELP for the junior title. The other thing that was building up is just the continuing legacy of Chase Owens being freaking awesome in every match. Yeah, dude, Chase, Chase is just always awesome. Yeah, Chase has been looking real good, and you know, the end of this match it came down to Chase and Hanare, and Chase hit that jewel heist, and then a V-trigger got him up for the package pile driver. One, two, three. Chase gets the win. Bullet Club gets the win and defeats uh, Birds of Prey, Hanma, and Hanare. They'll always beat Birds of Prey. <laughs> for but, life uh, But Birds of Prey man They're looking really great They have a Yeah a, they a, do A they lot do. of great Innovative um, combo maneuvers um, For only being a team For such a short time I mean they're They're, they're well flowed um, Just real great They got the matching gear Yeah everything's looking great With uh, Birds of Prey The funny thing about Their matching gear Is that like I'm pretty positive That Osprey's always Had that gear so, like, Eagles had to, like, actually go out and buy gear that matched him. Like, Osprey's like, uh, I'm not buying new gear. <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, here's my color scheme. <laughs> go to my tailor 
And yeah, yeah, that man Eagles had to go out of pocket for that crap. <laughs> so then we had the chaos team of Rocky Romero, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii versus the Bullet Club team of Jado, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga. Um, and this was a fine match. I mean, you got Jado in there. I don't, I don't know if it was that fine. If when it when it ends with that butterfly lock, that's true. Yeah, Yoshihashi God. locks in the butterfly lock on Jado for the win for the chaos. And yeah, someone someone had me uh, showing them like New Japan recently, and I was like. I showed them some some pretty good matches And they're like wow this is incredible And I was like yeah but there's this guy His name's Yoshihashi And uh, I, I'm not going to show you him just yet <laughs> <laughs> You're not ready for this <laughs> I, I want to disappoint you <laughs> But um, so yeah Post match we had uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi Fighting off G.O.D. And standing tall with the titles And then this was the angle that led to Their upcoming match being turned into A title match this weekend so officially, um, Yoshihashi and Ishii will be challenging G.O.D. for those IWGP heavyweight tag titles. Yeah. I, I would rather be Goto and Ishii. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my tag team. Like, that's the tag team I want. And Yoshihashi, my God. Anyways. Okay. So then we had Hiroshi Tanahashi teaming up with Taguchi and Sho and Yo to take on the Suzuki Goon team of Minoru Suzuki, Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr., and Doki. That's right. Doki <laughs> is back on this tour. They said he was done. They said he was he was out. This man, this man continuously perseveres. He said, Don't call it a comeback. Don't I've been come here back. for years. <laughs> Doki. So. Doki's back. It's great. Doki's back. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> I did. I, I like message people. I'm like, yo, Doki's here. They're like, why? We literally, I know we have listeners right now that are like upset that Doki's here. Like they're probably, act, and they probably didn't watch this either. And they're like, thank God I didn't watch this. Yeah. But actually I kind of like Doki a little bit. I don't care. I, I think it's fine. Yeah. But of course, uh, you know, you had your Suzuki gun brawling and all over the place. Red shoes has just been absolutely horrible. Uh, refereeing these Suzuki gun matches, uh, these guys have just been completely out of control. I don't even know why you're bringing that up because that's like been the case for like what five years. Yeah, but I know it, it just seemed a little really extra on this tour. I'll tell you that man's on the take. <laughs> uh, so we had the team. I of, think the IWGP needs to look into red shoes. Looking, this corruption goes deep, real deep. I'm telling you. <laughs> Uh, so we had uh, all the money. <laughs> Tanahashi, Taguchi, Sho, and Yo won this matchup with uh, Taguchi uh, cradling up uh, Doki to get the win there. Makes you wonder if uh, Suzuki Goon made the right choice bringing this man back. Well, I guess you know Ellis Brado still healing up that uh, busted jaw. So, yo, I don't understand how that. Okay, I watched that match with him and uh, Jun Kasai. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when it happened. To be honest, it was it was a Fun match, it was good. It was kind of violent, but like I don't know when he got hurt. I've I've watched it a few times. I'm like I don't know when this happened, but like I, I'm ready for Desperado. But Desperado is probably going to be in the finals of the of the dude, yeah, Super Juniors, and he's been sidelined like half the year. Kind of yeah, sucks. I feel like this was going to be a great year for him. It was following Best of Super Juniors, and man, you know he wanted to have you know one of them outlaw much show matches <laughs> and uh, get injured. Oh yeah, no, not like I don't think he was going to be in the final finals, but he was going to be in. One he was going to be a player. Yeah, he he was either going to be like in the, the A block finals or the B, which block, whichever block he was going to be in the A block or B block finals. I think it was B block. Was the block Doki was in? I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it probably would have ended up being him and Will Osprey that final night instead of Taguchi. Yeah, I think. Anyways, 
so then we had uh, LIJ, Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, and Evil taking on Gato, Jay White, and Bad Luck Fale. And uh, uh, I think that this... Obviously, it's the headline here, but you know this thing between Naito and JY. This is the overarching uh, storyline of the Destruction Tour. The main thing that's uh, dominating most of the shows in general. Right, both these guys kind of playing mind games with each other and taunting each other, smiling at each other, staring into each other's eyes, telling each other that they love each other. It's getting kind of kind of strange between these two. <laughs> I mean, they have to do something because I'll tell you the truth. I didn't like their match during the G1 very much and nothing about it really made me want to rewatch it again. I'm actually even they're doing a fine job building it up so kudos to them for that. But there's still nothing here that makes me be like yo Naito and Jay White is going to be fantastic. And keep in mind that was a super protected match before it happened in the G1. Like, right. And they never even interacted. I don't even think in multi-mans before that. So yeah, so yeah. So at least they're doing something to try and add some heat to that match. Yeah, um, and and th- and that's what New Japan's great at is you know building up matches. They can take a match that maybe you didn't think you wanted to see, and by the time they're done with it, you, like you're hyped for it. So uh, that is one of the strengths of Gato's booking and the character work of these guys. And I think that they're doing a pretty good job here with that. Yep. So we had Evil getting the win here for Scorpion Deathlock, and that's kind of been another uh, story they've been telling here on these undercards. Um, Evil has been picking up a lot of wins with that Scorpion Deathlock, so they're trying to establish that. I mean, he's kind of he's been using it before, but I think they're really trying to nail home the fact that the Scorpion Deathlock is going to be one of his uh, big finishers moving down the line. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too. Like, I almost would expect that more from like Ishii because Ishii is like a disciple of a. Uh, Ricky Choshu and you know Evil's not so but yeah I guess he's adopting uh, Ricky Choshu's finish so yeah yeah so then our main event of night one we had Kazuchika Okada teaming up with Hiroki Goto to take on Sonata and Shingo so I, was, I really like this yeah they're building up um, Sonata and Okada King of Pro Wrestling they're also building up Shingo and Goto happening on Destruction Tour. Um, so yeah, this was you know the best match of the night. Great matchup here. Um, you know, I I want to see Shingo and Okada, man. Every time those two get in the ring, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we we need that Shingo Okada singles match. Uh, but the interactions with Oka- I'm, I'm really excited for Shingo and uh, Goto again. Yeah, Shingo and Goto again. That's gonna be great. The, yeah, I haven't really been too excited for Goto too many times this year. I was I was very excited for his match with Jay White during the G1, but after mm-hmm. that, not much. But uh, I think Goto and Shingo is my favorite Goto match of the entire G1, and I'm I'm like really excited for them to like lock up again. And obviously Sonata and Okada, feud of the year contender already. Like, yeah, man. This I think that's Okada's like biggest feud this year. Um, right. I, I would say you know in the beginning of the year it was looking like it was going to be Jay White with losing at the Dome and then the the match at MSG. But since then, yeah, things have uh, kind of sh- uh, swung in the other direction with Sonata. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, you know what? Uh, again, congratulations to New Japan because we've said for so long, like, when is this guy going to step up? When are they going to utilize him? And you know, every time that people walk out of New Japan and people leave, it just opens up those extra slots. And Sonata has been slotted at a higher level, and he's delivering. And um, I'm, I can't sit here and say I'm um, ecstatic to see Sonata and Okada again, but their matches have been fantastic all year. Um, and this is going to be what their fourth match. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, is it third or fourth? So they wrestled, um, in it's New the Japan fo- cup 
It's the fourth. Yeah, New Japan Cup, and then uh, title match, New Beginning. Yeah, and then G One. So yeah, fourth match. Wow, that's a lot for a year. So yeah, this has really dominated a lot of Okada's title reign this year, and um, but the matches have been fantastic every single time, and um, you know I'm excited for it again. Yeah. So uh, so that brings us over to actually hold on, who won that matchup? Um, It ended up being uh, GTR countered by Sonata into a skull and. So Sonata ended up tapping out uh, Goto. Yeah. So yeah. So Sonata and Chingo get the win there. Very good preview match. So then that brings us to the second night on September fifth. Uh, open up a Young Lions Cup action with Michael Richards from the Fale Dojo taking on Yuya Yamura from the New Japan Dojo. And uh, man, I wasn't really impressed with Richards. Um, there's a clear, um, you know, skill gap between Richards and everybody else in this tournament. Yeah, and he, yeah, just wasn't digging his look, wasn't really digging his work, and um, it's kind of a shame that um, I felt that Yuromura uh, had to tap out to this guy. Because I mean, Yuromura has been you know great all year. Um, he's improved a lot, and especially with that rivalry with Suji, um, and, and you know coming out here and just having him put over Richards, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Well, you know, Jeremy, <clears throat> actually, the thing is. <laughs> This is a single block tournament, so <laughs> you know, we have this we have this thing where like sometimes when we're hanging out and someone says something, uh, we'll like to melt or explain to them and we'll stop and we'll be like, well, actually, yeah, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you bring up a great point, but um, I would say in in my opinion, honestly, I think it's a little overkill to say it's a shame because again, it is a single block tournament. I'm sure, right? And I know some people have to lose it. In his, right. It's his first match in Japan. First time I was seeing him, just I wasn't impressed with him, and he's the Mikey Nichols of, of the Alliance. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I like you more a lot, especially I do too. that amateur background, a lot of the suplexes and the you know the amateur wrestling style that he brings in. Uh, and he's I think he's improved a lot, and I, I would like to see him do well in this thing. But uh, I understand why they put Richards over. I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah, I agree. I think that in this would be. I know that you're not a big fan of when they bring guys in and make them lose right off the bat, especially if they're getting pushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think it would have been fitting to have Michael Richards lose right off the bat. I mean, they do that all the time with young lines. A young line who's slotted at a, at a lower level right. than other guys, they take losses. So I wouldn't have been too surprised. I actually expected you more to pick up the win here. I was a bit surprised. So was I. Yeah, and especially too with what Richard. His his crab was so sloppy. Yeah, his crab he was kept, bad. He kept falling over on the Boston crab towards the end. And then he's, yeah. pro- but you know what, man? He's probably really nervous. Mm-hmm. Big stage, never like wrestled in Japan before. Like, I caught him a little bit of slack, but you're right. There's clearly a skill gap between him and literally everyone else who's in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one Folly Dojo guy, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So then up next, we had uh, Carl Fredericks from the LA Dojo against Ren Narita from the New Japan Dojo. This was, I, uh, this was good. Yeah, this was a really good match. I mean, Carl Fredrickson, another favorite in Narita, a guy who was in um, the 11th Young Lion Cup and has been you know, in the system for a while now. Uh, these guys had a great, nice little snug back-and-forth matchup here uh, with Narita um, getting the big win and upset here. Yeah. Using what is now known as the Narita Special, which is that leg lace into that um, I don't even know what to call it because it's it's not really a sharpshooter because the leg's not in between. It's kind of a clover leaf. It's kinda. not really even that either. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. Well, yeah, I'll need I'll, I'll need to go into like Billy Robinson. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll go into my like like 
trove of wrestling maneuver names and find out what that's yeah, called. But, but it's uh, the Naruto special, guys. The move where he gets the leg lace, rolls him in, and gets a submission in the middle. Funny thing here, this match went about two minutes shorter almost than the previous match. Mm-hmm. And I liked it a, a quite a bit more. And I think that these guys actually have a way better match inside of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is an easy three-star match, and it was at only seven minutes. This is right. super if they enjoyable. had more time, this would have yeah, definitely gone higher. This is really good. Really yeah. good. I yeah. like, I mean, so far, I would say Fredericks Narita has been one of, if not my favorite, uh, Young Lion match. Yeah, and then you had, uh, you know, Narita picking up, being the first New Japan Young Lion to get a win. Because Narita fucking rolls. Yeah, I mean, Narita's the man. Uh, you know, uh, our our girl uh, Lauren in Georgia has the uh, the her Twitter name is the uh, Red Narita Respect Army, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she was very proud of her little Narita picking up a win here and uh, you know being the first New Japan Young Line to get a win. Nice. So yeah, but that, that's good. You know, great storytelling there, and you know Narita's been a guy that's been grinding out, and you know once again, like I mentioned, Carl Fredericks is a guy that. People are kind of eyeing as possibly going to be. He's good, bro. Yeah, he's really he's really good. He's going to be a star. So then we move on. We have some multi man action here. Yota Shuji, Shooter Umino, and Tenzon taking on Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, this time we uh, Kojima's team picks up the win again with um, a lariat on uh, Suji. So once again. Fine little multi-man tag there. Then we have uh, Toa Hanare, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii taking on Chase Owens, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. Uh, we have uh, Hanare, Yoshihashi, and Ishii picking up the win here with Ishii hitting a uh, brain buster on Owens. So obviously continuing to build up the tag title match there. Then we had Hanma teaming up with Birds of Prey to take on the Bullet Club team of Yujiro Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori, and ELP. Um, Bullet Club gets a win once again with Yujiro hitting uh, the Pimp Juice on Hanma. Then we had uh, Shoyo, uh, Risuke Taguchi, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Doki, Kanemaru, Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. We have uh, the Chaos team picking up the win this time with Rapungi 3K hitting the 3K on Doki. Yeah. So then we had, and, and actually that was a pretty good match. I'd give that match a recommend. Yeah, the Suzuki Gun Multi Mans have been some of the best stuff on this stretch of the tour. Uh, and yeah, they've been obviously with Suzuki and Saber, they gel really well together. I actually thought this mat, this night in general, is one of the better nights of the tour. Uh, yeah, even though it's very very similar to what we're getting. Obviously, as we're doing the rundown, it's very similar, but this. This night seemed to just peak a little bit higher in general. But, yeah, these multi-man matches have been really good. Yep, and then we had another pretty good multi-man with Okada, Goto, and Rocky Romero taking on the LIJ team of Sonata, Bushi, and Shingo. Uh, This time it was the Chaos team to get the win when uh, Goto hit a (coughs) Ushigoroshi and GTR on Bushi. So, yeah, this match had a lot of energy, and it was another really uh, solid match there. And then we have the main event of the evening, which was Tetsuya Naito teaming up with Evil to take on Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. Um, you know, once again, uh, it's a solid match. I mean, nothing out of this world here. Uh, coming down to the end, we had, you know, a ref bump, and um, Gato tried to come in, but Naito took him out. And a uh, chair shot by Jay White, and Evil hits him with a chair. 
and um, hits a short Destino, and they do the uh, the baseball chair spot on Fale, and then Naito picks him up, hits a Destino, and gets the win there. So Naito and Evil defeat Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. Nice. So that brings us on to the third night on September 6th. So once again, open up on Young Lions Cup action. We had uh, Alex Coughlin from the LA Dojo taking on Michael Richards. Super important match. Both guys 1-0 at this point in the tournament. All the marbles are on the... Uh, everything's on the line. This one's for all the marbles. And uh, these guys delivered. I mean, blow away. I mean... This was just incredible. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing you're being uh, sarcastic there, <laughs> but I mean, this once again, not not a huge fan of Richards. I mean, even stepping in the ring with a guy like Coughlin, you see a drastic difference in just yeah. their shape and their their skill. I'll tell you this too. I think Alex Coughlin's good, but I don't know if he's. Uh Someone who's necessarily at that level to carry a guy like uh, Michael Richards either So mm-hmm. I felt a little bit like both guys were sort of out of their ele- element to some degree if that makes sense Yeah And uh, yeah this this wasn't horrible but it wasn't good I mean I would have gone I don't know two and a half Yeah And I mean th- they weren't given a lot of time thankfully it was you know six and a half minutes And it was fine for what it was and they got the job done but I mean it is it is very telling when we are so used to watching these Japanese young lion matches, and they very rarely are under three stars, no matter how much time they're given. So um, that that's kind of eye opening, just a bit. Yeah, and then you have um, Coughlin. He picks up his uh, second win there, so he's uh, leading the block with that win over Richards. Yeah. So and, the, and he beat him with what a bridge. Um, Oh yeah, he did. He did like a. Uh, it was like a deathlock. Yeah, it was uh, similar to the um, Charlotte Flair's uh, figure eight. He had a deathlock in, and then he did a, a backwards bridge in the middle, getting a Richards tap there. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if that's gonna be one of his like uh, main moves moving forward or not. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. And then uh, after that, one of the matches I've been very excited about for this uh, Young Lions tournament, uh, regular tag team partners and both LA uh, Dojo members, uh, Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks, who are both surprisingly 0-1 at this point in the tournament. Um, And I thought that this was pretty good. Yeah, actually, well, that's that's not right, because Clark Clark beat Umino in the first night. Oh, that's right. Clark Connors picked up the win. Yeah. And Carl Fredericks was... Oh uh, and one, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. No, it's all right. My notes had that same thing too, and I had to look back and get kind of mixed up with the young lines. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Frederick surprisingly, you know, down, and then uh, Connors had that big upset win on Umino on the first night. Uh, so yeah, I thought this was uh, another good matchup here between these two guys. Yeah, I mean, um, it didn't have a lot of intensity, but it was a good athletic contest. Um, you know, it's it's interesting getting to see what some of these LA Dojo guys do can do in singles competition because we've we've mostly only seen them really in in tag environments up to this point, and um, very a lot of raw talent, a lot of uh, you know um, what's the word potential. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you can kind of see that maybe are lacking just a bit, like some intangibles. But I mean, still really impressive. It's more, you know, what I think it is. It's just like they need more rounds. Yeah, they, they need. just they just need they need more experience, and I think that's one of the advantages that guys like Yumor and Suji have over them, in that they've gotten to work live audiences in singles uh, competition 
far more often than probably Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks have. Right. But, um, I mean, you can see the groundwork, and you can see, like, how, how talented these guys are already. And, I mean, super impressive. Yeah. And so uh, Fredericks gets to win. He's with that high-angle half Boston crab to submit Connors. Oh, he that was deep. I mean, he really wrenched that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he wrenched the crap out of it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so then we move on to the rest of the undercard. We have uh, Yu Yamura, Shooter Umino, teaming up with Tenzon to take on Suji, Narita, and Kojima. Remember when I said we barely ever get to see these guys go against one another? <laughs> well, you're going to see it quite a bit. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, so, uh, once again, Kojima's team wins, but um, it was uh, Narita who picked up the win for the team with that overhead uh, bridging suplex. For it the is win. kind of funny how they're treating that match as like the, the preview match for all the other Young Lions matches throughout the tour. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, which makes uh, Kojima think that he's in the Young Lion Cup. And, oh, uh, that's hilarious. Some yeah. of the backstage promos, him talking about, you know, <laughs> wanting to win and being in the, <laughs> being in the Young Lions Cup. <laughs> Did they correct him and tell me he's not in it? No, I don't think they, I think they just kind of let him go. And it's like. <laughs> I remember uh, a couple, not last year, but the. Uh, World Tag League the year before, so 2017, he was like, we will win. No matter what happens, we will not be defeated. We are winning this tournament. And they're like, you're already mathematically out. And he's like, anything is possible. <laughs> they're like, you never, he's like, you never give up. <laughs> no, could you? <laughs> like, literally, no, you can't win. You're completely eliminated. And he's like, anything's possible. <laughs> uh, bread club for life. Bread man. club. <laughs> uh, so then we had uh, Hanma, Yoshihashi, and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, taking on uh, Yujiro Takahashi and Girls of Destiny. Uh, Bullet Club gets the win when um, Tangaloa hits the ape shit on uh, Hanma to get the win there. Scary. Yeah, it's always scary seeing Hanma drop on his head. Well, I mean, he really wasn't, but still scary. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Hanare teaming up with Birds of Prey to take on Bad Luck Fale, ELP, and Taiji Ishimori. Once again, Birds of Prey looking really good, and uh, I just love all the their double team combos they're using. And um, you know, they were kind of teasing that double Spanish fly, which they used to beat Ishimori and ELP at Royal Quest throughout the match. Uh, but eventually, it came down to uh, Bad Luck Fale hitting the grenade on Hanare to get the win there. Yeah, we were at a uh, <laughs> we were at NXT show this past weekend. Who was it that? Uh it was Keith Lee against who did he wrestle? Oh, uh, Shane, uh, Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne. She, yeah, Shane Thorne kept saying he was going to do a Spanish fly to Keith Lee off the top rope. He like <laughs> finally got him up there. He's like, Spanish fly. Yeah, that was literally the whole story <laughs> of the match. Shane Thorne wanted to hit a top rope Spanish fly. And spent the whole match trying to get Keith Lee on top. And then when he finally did, he tried it, but failed. It did not work. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, also, I, I think it's hilarious how you keep talking about how good Birds of Prey look. I don't hear you talking about Phantasma and Ishimori looking so good. Well, I already know how good they look. I and mean, we're getting a, a first. Do, uh, hey, hey, I do too. <laughs> I know exactly how good they do or don't look. Uh, I think uh, ELP and Ishimori have been a great team. And actually, I'm glad you brought it up because Ishimori and ELP have been cracking me up with 
Uh, they would go to the top rope, jump off, and yeah. they do do the back rake. <laughs> uh, of course, they're doing like the double, um, the running uh, just all crotch the cheap, stomp. All the cheap heat. Yeah, so cheap heat. Just being douchebags and heels. Uh, I've actually been loving that. So I'm, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. That's that Jericho stuff. Why do you have a top knot, pal? <laughs> it's cheap heat, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So then we had Rocky Romero, Hiroki Goto, and Kazuchika Okada taking on Bushi, Shingo, and Sonata. Uh, we had Lij picking up the win this time with uh, Shingo hitting the uh, Made in Japan on our good friend Rocky Romero. Yeah, I, I like that they from time to time are allowing the Made in Japan to actually be a finish. Um, I didn't like when it was just like a signature move. Right. I, I don't like that idea, especially for New Japan fans who are not familiar with his Dragon Gate work. Uh, you might not have known that Made in Japan, like what was so special about Made in Japan. And they just kind of had him, you know, use it as a false finish uh, during that Osprey match, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad he Well, is. when he pulled it out there, it seemed really special to me because it was like, oh, he's bringing back his, like, original finisher. Like, right. that's awesome. Right. But then since then, he's hit it in a lot of his matches, but as just almost like a signature setup. And I'm kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't like that. I like it to actually be a finisher. So it's c- kind of cool. I mean, it doesn't always have to be. But I like that they're doing this, especially like on small undercard stuff that like he can finish guys with it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought this was uh, one of the better matches uh, of the night here. And of course, you know, we've said it before, you know, these LIJ multi-man matches usually are um, highlights awesome. of, of the undercard. <laughs> so yeah, they're usually pretty awesome. And of course, you know, now you, now you add Shingo to that mix, it's going to be great. Yeah. And Shingo's no stranger to fast paced, high octane multi-man matches. <laughs> guys from Dragon Gate. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we had Evil and Tetsuya Naito taking on Chase Owens and Jay White. We had uh, Evil once again getting the win with the Scorpion Deathlock on Chase Owens. So LIJ gets the win there. Uh, then we had a uh, Bullet Club attack on Evil and Naito. Uh, laid out LIJ and Jay White steals the IC title. Yeah. Jay uh, White strap. Yeah, Jay White strap. <laughs> um, and then we had. Um, so going into the next match, it was going to be Tanahashi. This is everything that's happened on the whole tour. Yeah, this is yeah very important right here. So Tanahashi and Taguchi were getting ready to take on Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Suzuki and Sabre are coming out first. Suzuki runs over, attacks Liger, who's on commentary. Jump zone. Yeah. He just jump zone this man so hard. I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's a road to show. So during the entrance, I'm like, I'm fiddling around on my phone. Yeah, and then, I wasn't paying attention at all. And the next thing you know, Suzuki, all her announcers like, ah, ah. <laughs> Yo, he fucking dragged Liger, bro. Like, he dragged the shit out of this man. Like, he started beating him with the chair. I was like, oh, my God. It's on. It's back on. And I looked at you, and I was like, yeah, you want this man to fight Tanahashi in the dome. Come on. Look at this heat. It's got to be Suzuki. It can't yeah, be anyone I else. Mean, they've been doing a good job of, like, Heating it up and then pulling away a little bit. Heating it up, pulling away. That's my method, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Just like Suzuki, it works. I I did not see that one coming. (laughs) Uh, You can't set me up for stuff like that. Oh, man. So... (laughs) So yeah, so uh, Suzuki uh, drags uh, Liger into the Luckily, ring. Like we're super deep into this episode. Anyone who's still listening, like they already know, like to expect this sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and then uh, so Suzuki hits the uh, the Gotch Pile Driver on a chair onto Liger, uh, but then uh, Tanahashi and Taguchi come out and make the save. Yeah, yeah. and then the uh, match 
kicks off. Yeah. So what's this thing? Um, like I'm seeing people calling Taguchi and uh, Tanahashi the ass ace connection. Like, is that an official thing? Like, was that from, or is that just like a nickname people are giving? You? I think that's just a nickname. It's just started on the internet. The ass ace connection. Uh, obviously, I don't think it's uh, official. It's not you know like dick and balls. Uh, it's not like mega aces. Yeah. Which is super official. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, but. I will say this. I thought that this uh, this match was actually really good and might even have been the best match of the uh, tour so far, believe it or not, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Yeah, this was. Yeah. Once again, uh, Suzuki and Saber are a great tag team. I, I love I, I love Suzuki and Saber. Yeah, I think they they work so well together and I, I wish they would use them more in the New Japan heavyweight tag team scene. Um, that would require them to care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, towards the end of this match, after the end, we had uh, Saber hitting the Zack Driver on Tanahashi and one on Taguchi um, and getting the win there. And then um, Saber, you know, cut the uh, the post match uh, promo. Right, his pro- his post match promo was excellent. Just freaking going off on Tanahashi, going off on the fans, talking about like this is your this is. It gave me all the uh, um, Black Panther feels like this, y'all champion. <laughs> and talking about uh, Boris Johnson, he said, I'm your new prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going off on Boris, uh, Bo- Boris yeah, Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, yeah, great it, stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the pre-match attack, the post-match angle, the, the match itself, like this was really, really, really good. Um, I'm kind of wondering, though, where they're going with Suzuki moving forward. Like, are we going back into the Liger stuff? Like... Obviously, he just like he's been on all these multi-mans, but there hasn't been a clear indication of what the next move is, and I'm guessing it must. They're probably gonna jump back into the Liger thing. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see what uh, these uh, tours look like going forward with these guys. Because correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like most of this is just really more focused on Tanahashi and Saber than anything else. Right. Yeah, they're building up that British heavyweight title match. Which I also is probably another feud of the year contender. Yeah, this is their fifth match this year. Yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah. So now we're on to the last night of the Road to Destruction tour. This was the uh, Blue Justice. Yes, the uh, Blue Justice Memorial Show uh, to memorial. celebrate, or not memorial, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's very well. He's very alive and well, sir. But uh, you know, the show to celebrate Eugene um, Nagata. Yeah. Uh, so once again, opening up with Young Lions Cup action, we had Yota Sushi and Yuya Yamura. These guys, they're two, two, and twenty-one going into this match. Uh, this is another feud of the year um, candidate for me in my head. The, the most history of any two Young Lions in this uh, in this current crop and in this uh, tournament, and uh, this one. Wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. Uh, it was fine, but you know, I, I've gotten used to a certain standard from Suji anymore, and I didn't think that this was up to that standard. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I feel like Suji has been kind of off this tournament. You, have you been getting that kind of vibe as well? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but um, he's regressing. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Suji ends up uh, picking back the win. I did like the finish though with him. Um, he hit a huge spear. Um, and then he locks on the Boston Crab and, um, you know, really cranked back on Yumora. Yumora tried to fight back, dragged him right back to the middle, cranked super hard on that Boston Crab. And um, Yota Suji picks up the win and uh, gets some points on the board there. 
So after that match, we uh, moved on to what is uh, my favorite Young Lion Cup match thus far. Shooter Umino versus Ren Narita. These two guys, the top of the Young Lion class, um, they've kind of had a rivalry going. Because, um, you know, while the, the, the spotlight's always been shining on Umino, but Narito's been right there, uh, right behind him, grinding as well. And these guys have great chemistry together and put on a really great matchup here. Yeah, easily. Um, I think I said earlier my other favorite was what, Narita against Clark Connors? Uh, Fredericks. Fredericks, yeah. I always get them mixed up. Uh, I think this was definitely a notch ahead of that, and I completely agree with you. I think this is the best uh, Young Lions Cup match of the tournament. And for good reason. I mean, you had two of the best workers in the entire field. And uh, looky, looky, Red Narita's in the uh, the top two matches of the tournament so far. The surprise, go- surprise, surprise. <laughs> go figure. Uh, yeah, and this was a great back and forth. You know, Narita tried for the Narita special, but uh, Umino was able to reverse it into a cradle. Um, Umino hit a nasty spine buster towards the end and picked up the win with a bridging German suplex. So busting out something new here. I would like to see them in the uh, World Tag League together. That would be an interesting team. Narita and Umino? Yeah. I would love it. But yeah, so this was really good. I won about a three and a half on this one. Same. Yeah. Definitely really the, good. the best uh, Young Lion Cup match so far. Yeah, I, I really dug this. I would actually rewatch it again. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to the rest of the undercard uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, uh, Makabe, and Hanma Taking on uh, the Young Lion team of Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, Alex Coffin, and Michael Richards Oh, And before we move on, let's put it in a, just some perspective For some of you, maybe some of you who are listening I'm sure the majority of you probably are big fans of the Young Lions But if you're unfamiliar, this is new to you um, These are short matches, so just keeping the like keep that in mind when we say like oh this is really good it's three and a half we're talking about a nine minute match so it's awesome <laughs> yeah you know if it's a 30 minute match and we're like three and a half then then maybe we're not talking about but like these like little short young line matches like this one this one in particular i give a high recommend to yeah definitely definitely worth a watch um so here in this multi-man we had yoshihashi submitting uh richards with that awful butterfly lock to get the win for his team Bro, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to complain. The thing is, we've complained about this move so many times, but I, I just wonder, like, if I'm Yoshihashi, do I ever look back on the tape and think to myself, like, do I have self awareness to think, like, wow, this move really looks like shit. Maybe I should stop doing it. Or like, does anyone like who works at New Japan get embarrassed f- for him about it because it looks terrible? Yeah, it's like really bad. Yeah, I I'm, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they, he needs to drop that immediately. They need to stop. Yeah, they're not going to though. So I know. it's almost not even worth talking about. Yeah, we're just gonna keep compl- every time we see it, we're gonna come on here. And but talk it about angers it. me. <laughs> it hurts my heart. So do I. As soon as I see it, I'm just like, especially uh, because it's his fin- one of his finishers. Yeah, because you know he's gonna win with it too. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my god, here we go again. Yeah. But uh, moving ne- on. Negative half stars. <laughs> Minus five stars. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, Birds of Prey teaming up with Hanari again to take, again. On, <laughs> take on the Bull Club team of Chase Owens, Taiji Ishimori, and ELP. Uh, we had the Bull Club getting the win here with the package power driver from Chase onto Hanare. Uh, once again, another uh, good match between these guys and uh, both teams looking good. 
Um, then we had a uh, Suzuki Gun multi-man with uh, Saber, Minoru, Suzuki, Kanemaru, and Doki taking on Tanahashi, Taguchi, Sho, and Yo. Uh, we had Suzuki Gun getting the win here. Um, uh, Saber submits Sho to get the win. Yeah. Which was another really good matchup once again. Uh, the Suzuki Gun main of, uh, multi-mans have been really good on this tour. Yeah, the Suzuki Goon um, multi-mans and then also the LIJ like six-man tags. They, those have been like the two staple, like really good matches all throughout. So then we had uh, Hiroki Goto, Rocky Romero, and Kazuchika Okada taking on the LIJ team of Shingo, Bushi, and Sonata. We had LIJ getting the win here with uh, Sonata locking the skull in on Rocky Romero. Once again, a good match that uh, continues to build up the Okada Sonata and the Shingo Goto matches. And then we have um, Naito and Evil taking on Jay White and Gato. We have um, Evil getting the win once again with that Scorpion death lock on Gato. So definitely, you know, just nailing home the fact that Scorpion Deathlock is one of his moves now. One criticism. Yeah. While what I'm about to say could be applied to almost every match in some form or fashion on this tour, it's more apparent to me on this particular matchup. These uh, Naito, Jay White tag matches, Mm -hmm. they're pretty much the exact same match every night with just slight variations. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I know that could kind of be applied to everything, but it's, it's more so... Like with, I think they're doing a good job with the character work with Naito and Jay White when it comes to the, uh, you know, the before the match and after the match stuff and even in in ring. But man, it is like they are not changing hardly anything. Like if you you literally only needed to watch one of these the whole tour, mm-hmm. I didn't need to watch four of these, honestly. Yeah, and that's the one and. And again, like I said, you could kind of apply that, I guess, to the other matches, but it seems like a lot of the other workers on the tour are doing enough to keep it fresh and uh, change things up and all that. But like Evil or like Naito and Jay White and Evil and, you know, whoever Jay White's teaming with during the tour, like they're not. They're doing the same stuff every night. Yeah, same formula, cut and paste. And, you know, it is. It is cut and paste. And normally it would be fine because normally back in the day, these road two shows weren't always televised or, you know, they're in different cities and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, the first three nights were all in Corkin. Uh, this one was in a different building. That's the crazy thing. They kept doing the same match in Corkin. That's what really threw me off about it. I'm like, really? Like, that was a little surprising to me. And, and again, it's because... The other matchups are they're doing things to keep it fresh, yeah, and that's the difference. So yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know what they're doing. And we got more row two shows coming up this week, and I, I'm pretty sure they'll probably be doing a lot of the similar matches. Once so I, know, I know we got questions, I know we got some reviews, and we got some, well, we, we got did. news and things to get to. We got one last match. Oh my bad. We got the uh, the Blue Justice match. Oh yeah, yeah how celebrating. Could I, how could I forget? <laughs> uh, celebrating 35 years of Yuji Nagata. So we had Yuji Nagata, Tenzan, Kojima, uh, Return of Nakanishi. Haven't seen him in a while. And Liger taking on Bad Luck Fale, God, Yujiro Takahashi, and Giotto. Uh, You know, fine match here. This is fun. It was a nice little match to please the crowd. Obviously, everybody was there to celebrate Yuji Nagata. And uh, Nagata got the win with the Nagata lock on Jado. Uh, so, yeah, good back and forth match. Um, you know, Bullet Club being the heels and uh, Blue Justice team, you know, coming back from behind and getting the win there. So Not just that, but, like, obviously we know that Liger's on this finale tour. 
we're never going to see him team with this generation of guys probably ever again. You know, this third generation dads sort of situation. Um, you know, and the funny thing, Liger's like way older than all. <laughs> all it's funny because you you look at them, Liger's in that bodysuit, and you kind of actually think that Liger's younger because he move, he moves better than the majority of them. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's way older than most of them. And uh, yeah, this was fun. But I mean, it's you know, it wasn't like a classic or anything. But I mean, you, you, we're never gonna see it again. Yeah. So uh, kind of special moment, actually, a little bit there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for our Four Nights of Destruction. Before we move on, I just want to ask, so far, where where are you when it comes to this tour? You know, after Four Nights, like, how are we feeling in our in, in this post-G1, you know, wrestling landscape right now? Yeah, you know, I, I thought... Give, give us the New Japan State of Affairs. <laughs> you know, this tour so far has just been fine. I mean, they have been building up a lot of the bigger matches for the upcoming Destruction Tour and King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, I mean, you know... Some good young Lions matches there, obviously, you know, like the Narita and Umino. But, you know, once again, these guys are coming off G1. They're kind of easing back into things. You know, they had they had some, uh, most of these guys had some time off. You know, some of the juniors worked uh, the Super J Cup. And uh, they also worked, some of those guys worked Royal Quest as well. But that was kind of, they had some time in between Royal Quest and then some time in between these tours. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of been kind of getting back into the groove. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So then we had a question here from uh, Reddit user uh, ablue3. says, do you think that Fredericks versus Umino will main event in Wrestle Kingdom one day? Um, if, uh, if you had to, like, make me put money on it, I'd say no. I don't have a reason to think that that would ever be the case. It doesn't mean it couldn't happen. It doesn't mean it won't happen. But, I mean, I don't have any, like, real indicators to think that that's a future Wrestle Kingdom main event, personally. Yeah, I mean, it's way too early to way tell. Way too early. Because, you know, we, we saw it with Kitamura. This guy comes in, looks great, it's getting the push, and we think he's going to be a star, and then he disappears. So yeah. you, it's so hard to kind of count on these young lines. You never know if they're going to end up eventually stick through or what they're going to become. Also, the the whole concept of Gaijin young lines is a fairly recent thing in the history of New Japan. I mean, obviously we've got guys that are here now, like Juice and like Dave Finley and stuff like that. You know, uh, Jay Waito. But before those guys, I mean, that never happened. So I mean, I don't have any real reason. I'm not questioning. I'm I'm not criticizing. Clark, or Carl Fredericks and being like he's not going to stay because I don't know that I can't say that mm-hmm. but I mean who's to say that a young jacked good looking white guy like Fredericks doesn't get called and paid more money to go somewhere like WWE or AEW or what have you that's a possibility you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to be calling Amino possibly you know because there is like a, a thing against you know like a lot of Western companies don't know how to use Asian wrestlers. Like they just don't, Mm -hmm. they they haven't in most, in most companies demonstrate a track record for that, or even a desire to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, I don't know that Carl Fredericks will be here in 10 years. Right. Yeah. That's that's hard to say. Right. But I mean, I think it would be a great matchup and it'd be a great story. You can call back to this young lions cup and, you know, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? I don't know what their long-term plans are. I don't know what the ambitions of those two wrestlers are, you know? Yeah. I don't know what new Japan's going to be like in 10 years, you know, five years. So, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool, but I just don't, I don't see it. So like, I can't project out that far. 
So uh, next question from Reddit user Ma Base Baseball says, uh, not counting the Young Lion Cup, any match recommendations? I know Road Two shows usually run similar matches, but there's got to be uh, better done slash more versions of one. Um, so I think we like kind of pointed out the ones that we thought were particularly good in the early part of the show. Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah, if you listen back, yeah, if you heard, we've kind of said stuff. Trying to go back to my ratings, uh, real quick here. Uh, so the the Saber and Suzuki versus Tanahashi and Taguchi from Night Three. Yeah, that's a big recommend. That's probably the the best uh, undercard match so far. Um, then also, that I was the main event. What's that? You said undercard. Oh, sorry. Yeah, main event. Yeah, um, and then. Um, Okada and Goto versus Sonata and Ch- Sonata and Chingo from Night One. Um, oh yeah, that was really good. Was really good as well. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think here. And then uh, from the last night, uh, Tanahashi Taguchi and Punky 3K versus Zuki Gun uh, was really good as well. And just watch that blue. Watch the Blue Justice match. Just do it. You're, you're, we're never going to get to see Nagata, Tenzan, Kojima, Nakanishi, and Liger team up again. So just watch it. It's yeah. Um, then we have a question from Reddit user Rambo and Slam Pig. How do you feel this class of Young Lion stacks up compared to previous classes? This is one of the best ever. I mean, so here's the thing. You never know how Young Lions are going to turn out long term. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to be able to go back and take a look at Retro, retroactively look back and be like, wow, that class was incredible because they turned into something. And there's always that potential. But there's a big difference between that and then watching them live and seeing where they're already at. Um, I don't know if this will be like, quote unquote, one of the more successful classes or crops of talent that they've ever had. I don't, I can't say that. You never know how they're going to turn out. Right. But in terms of where they're at right now as Young Lions, it's one of the most talented crops of of talent that they've ever had while they're still in that infantile stage. Right. If you compare Young Lions Day to Young Lions stage, these guys yeah. have just been rocking it. Yeah. And, you know, um, New Japan ha- has such a lengthy history and has gone through so many different, um, like, eras and so many different kinds of uh, philosophies and management styles. And the way that the Young Lions have operated and been run has really changed like what we're watching is a more modern thing i'm they've always had young lines they've always had that sort of system but um the way that it's being done right now is i think more streamlined and it, and it has been for the last six seven eight years uh with a lot of success i mean you, you look at show and yo you look at jay white you look at desperado you look at uh Hiromu takahashi you look at all these guys that have come through that system and been, mm-hmm. you know, superstars and, you know, they've had misfires. They've had their Kenamito Kenamitsu's and their, um, you know, Kitamura's and guys like that. But I mean, they just turn out stars. And yeah. right now they've got four studs in the, in the new Japan uh, class. All four of them have so much upside. And then these LA guys just look fantastic. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause come in and killing it. So yeah, I'm I'm nothing but impressed with the current crop of talent that they have. Yep. And so speaking of the young lions, so we have our our standings here for the young lion cup. We have 
Um, Alex Coughlin's on top of the board, 2-0 and with uh, four points. We got Clark Connors, Michael Richards, uh, Shooter Umino, Ren Narita, Paul Fredericks, and Yoto Sushi all with 1-1, one one, two points. And then at the bottom, we have Yuya Yamura, 0-2 with zero points. I'm a bit surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, I would think um, just based on the picking order, I think I would have thought you know Richards would have been in that kind of role, but... The uh, Umora's there. Well, still a long tournament to go. Lots of time, so we'll see where where we end up when it's all said and done. Yep, and so um, the Young Lion Cup will continue this week on September 10th. We'll have Umora taking on Fredericks, and then we'll have Umino taking on Richards. On September 11th, we'll have Sushi taking on Connors, Narita taking on Coughlin. On September 12th, uh, Narita will be taking on Suji. Fredericks will be taking on Coughlin, and then on September 14th, we will have Umino versus Umora and Connors versus Richards. So that's going to bring us to our preview time for Destruction in Beppu and Destruction in Kagoshima. And we're, what, a week away, please? Yes, so uh, Destruction in Beppu will be happening on Sunday. Uh, Destruction in Kagoshima will be happening on Monday. Wow. So we have... um pretty busy week ahead of us yeah yeah all the uh young young line cup matches as well as um yeah these two big destruction shows here cool so uh the first matchup on destruction in beppu we will have uh, more young lions cup matches will be suji taking on fredericks um yeah i mean it's hard for me to say who i think is going to win at this point because i haven't really mapped out the young lions cup for myself but um Let's. I'll throw it up to Suji. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna go uh, with Fredericks here. That makes sense. I'm yeah. just. I'm throwing the wild card. No, but out yeah, there. hey, Suji could win you to throw off Fredericks and uh, kind of give him another loss there. Yeah. Uh, the match after that, we've got Shoto Mino versus Alex Coughlin. I think that's an easy one. I think it's Shoto Mino for sure. Yeah, especially with uh, Coughlin. Uh, obviously, you know we have. He has you know two matches during the week, but right now he's in the lead. Uh, I definitely see Umino getting a win over him to kind of uh, reclaim some stake in the leaderboard there. So after that, we have another uh, Young Lions Cup multi-man match. So we've got Yumura and Narita teaming up with uh, Ryosuke Taguchi and Yuji Nagata taking on the team of Alex Richards, Clark Connors, Toa Hanare, and Manabu Nakanishi. Yeah, that, this one should be uh, interesting. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, Nagata getting the win over Richards with uh, Nagata Lock. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Nagata Taguchi team, of course. So then we have uh, Sho and Yo or Punky 3K teaming up with Jushin Thunder Liger to take on the Suzuki Gun team of Doki, Kanamaru, and Minoru Suzuki. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this because we're getting Liger and Suzuki uh, mixed up once again. Also, something tells me that Sho and Yo being on the opposite end of Doki and Kanemaru probably is a somewhat of a tease or indication of um, a team between Doki and Kanemaru for uh, for the uh, Junior Tag League. Yeah, because Junior Tag, Tag League, uh, you know, it's right around the corner in the uh, beginning of November. And obviously with El, El, El Desperado still being out, uh, Doki will probably be taking his spot once again in the Super Junior Tag League and be teaming up with Kanemaru. But Liger and Suzuki being on the opposite ends of one another, I've been waiting for this for a while, and we're here. 
And this, it's so funny. This is like my favorite, one of my favorite feuds of the year. They haven't even had a match. Right. And especially after this last angle with uh, Suzuki hitting that got on the chair, uh, things are starting to heat back up. So, yeah, um, good luck to whoever's refereeing this match, trying to control Liger and Suzuki. One thing I will say, New Japan has an okay social media presence, but, you know, they, they ran that angle, and that angle was so awesome. And um, very little buzz about it. Very little people talking about it. I mean, you really have to be a diehard. If I was, like, their social media manager, that would be front and center. That'd be all over the internet. You know yeah. what I mean? They should be doing that. And uh, one thing I failed to mention in the uh, the last night uh, in the Suzuki Gun match, uh, Suzuki went to the commentary table, grabbed a pen, and stabbed Yo in the head of a pen. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. So that's what I meant. What you know, Reggie's losing complete control out here. You got Suzuki out here stabbing people in the head with pens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, after um, I mean, in this match, I I think I'm gonna go Suzuki. Just the Suzuki Gun team makes sense to me. But. Yeah, I'm gonna have Suzuki uh, pinning either Show or Yo. Although, like Doki's there, he could easily be a pin eater. Yeah, he he could eat a three k. But uh, after that, I'm excited for that. So the next match, we got the Birds of Prey teaming up with uh, GBH and Kota Ibushi taking on the team of ELP, Ishimori, Yujiro, Fale, and Kenta, the Bullet Club. It's weird to say Kenta and the Bullet Club. <laughs> yeah. So we got uh, Kenta back on the tour after his uh, health scare in uh, Royal Quest. Yeah, uh, they told me he was fine, but I ain't seen him back for a while. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, he's back here on this tour, continuing to build up uh, ELP, Ishimori against Birds of Prey, and obviously the uh, Osprey ELP match coming up. And then also they're building up the Kota Bushi Kenta match for the uh, the contract coming up as well. Uh, I I think I'm going to go with the Bullet Club team winning. Um. No, um, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't yeah, know. I, I, the weird thing with this is like a lot of these matches don't really matter. Right. As weird as that sounds, like uh, it's a destruction tour, you know, and they're good matches. They're fine, but they the outcomes don't matter. It's weird because wins and losses do matter in, in New Japan, but it's a lot of multi man matches that could go either way and. The matches that they're pointing to would still be fine either way. Right. You know? And honestly, each team has a pin eater. So on the Bullet Club side, um, Yujiro Takahashi is a pin eater. And then on the. Hanma. Uh, yeah, Hanma on the other side. So. I think Hanma's going to lose. So I'll, yeah, I'll go Bullet Club. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I can see Hanma eating a GTS. Um, so next up, we have the Chaos team of Rocky Romero, Goto, and Okada taking on the LJ team of Bushi, Shingo, and Sonata. Kind of more of what we've seen on this uh, past tour here. Um, and yeah, they've been kind of, you know, trading wins here. Uh, but on this one, I'm going to go with uh, Sonata getting the win over Rocky. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Although, I wouldn't be surprised to see Okada. I don't think Okada's won too many matches during the uh, Road 2. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up hitting a uh, Rainmaker on Bushi. Mm, yeah, that would make sense. So then we have Evil and Naito taking on Chase Owens and Jay White. Um, I think Evil will get the win here once again with that Scorpion Deathlock on Owens. Are you concerned that the fact that Evil keeps winning most of the matches during these Owens and Jay White matches that it indicates 
something about the potential outcome. Like, I don't know. I'm just like worried. Like, like are, are you like, saying that it's going to be Jay White that beats Naito and then Evil will face Jay White next? Is that what you're kind of? No, I'm just saying like Naito keeps being on the winning side. Like, what if he? What if he's about to drop this belt? Mm, that could be. I, I think they're heating up Evil because he has a win over Abushi. And so if Abushi beats Kenta, then Evil will be the next guy in line for the contract match. He beat Abushi during the G1? Yeah. Man, I don't know why I don't remember that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he would be next in line for a contract shot. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's a good call. Uh, so the next up, we have the IWGP heavyweight tag title match with the champions, Gorilla of Destiny, defending against the challengers, Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii. This is the semi-main event? Yes. Yeah. And we have questions surrounding it too. Yeah. So, a question from Maserati says, "How would you guys invigorate the reinvigorate reinvigorate? Thank you. The uh, heavyweight tag team title division. What teams would you like to draft in NJPW? Are there any previously established teams already in NJPW you might want to reinvent, repackage, or just invigorate with a new push? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've had. I, I we've said ideas in the past. I mean. I mean, there's always the, the there's always the one idea, unify the divisions. Unify the divisions, which makes sense. Uh, but if you're not going to do that, then my whole thing is something similar to what they're doing right here. You know, you've got Ishii and Yoshihashi. The only thing is, in most cases, not all, but most cases, we kind of know what's happening here. Yoshihashi and Ishii are most likely probably not winning these belts. Right. Like, they've never even put a belt on Yoshihashi ever in any capacity. Not even a six-man tag. Uh, So, but, like, what if they took Ishii and another upper mid-card or even main eventer who wasn't doing anything like Goto? It doesn't have to be Goto. Right. Should be Goto. Uh, (laughs) But... Um. But I would, well, you know, like, what if um, what if Tanahashi and Okada were both not f- fighting for the IWGP title, so then they end up... Dude, I, I think Mega Ace's title run would be great. I know we've right. kind of joked about it, but I'm serious. Like, let's say Okada doesn't walk out of uh, January 4th and 5th with the title. I think to mix it up and to keep him away from the title picture, have Okada Tanahashi as the heavyweight tag champs. You know, we don't get on our, on the... Uh, we don't do that whole thing where we jump up on a soapbox and talk about how they have too many titles in New Japan too much because I think given the way they like to book and the way they like to run their company, they have an appropriate amount of belts personally. But the reason I think that is because they don't care about certain titles. They don't care very much about their tag belts, any of them. Right. They've got three tag belts. They don't care about any of them. So, But they, they kind of have to have them because all, all companies do have tag belts. So that's mm-hmm. just one of those things. They could literally probably get rid of at least one to two of their secondary singles men's titles if they're willing to reinvest into the heavyweight title scene because then then they could headline more shows. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like what 90s All Japan used to do. And when, when guys were not fighting for the main prizes, the, the main stars were fighting in tag matches, and that just made a lot more sense. And I think that that would be – that's how I would reinvigorate the uh, tag division. Yeah, you could have – I mean, you could have like um, Mega Aces and uh, Suzuki-Goon feuding right. over the tag titles. There's a lot of things you could do, you know, a lot. Like what if you had Jay White and Kenta teaming up, you know, be, or as like the top two guys in the mm-hmm. Bullet Club, things like that. Um 
that's something you would have seen in the past and you know we don't get very much of nowadays um the other thing too i mean are there any teams that you'd like to draft into new japan because it seems like almost everyone is getting signed up that's what i'm trying to think i mean a lot of teams are are a lot of the good teams are signed i like Um, aussie open yeah i mean aussie open um you know and they had a great showing against these guys at royal quest i think they would be a great team to kind of bring in um i'm trying to think of any other established teams that would be worth bringing in bro AEW's got like the tag team division of all tag team divisions now. Yeah. Like they, without even, bear, like with having what, four shows under their belt, they have maybe the best compiled tag team division ever in history of any company ever, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and just given the nature of how the wrestling industry is right now with all the exclusive contracts everyone signed up to with all these different companies, it's really hard to like bring in a good tag team. I mean, even like you look at their partners, like Ring of Honor, like who do they have? The Briscoes? Yeah, the Briscoes. I mean, they're good, but we've kind of. And who else? That's it, right? The the, uh, the bouncers. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, lifeblood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess you could bring in like a CMLL team, I guess. I don't you know. could. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. I think that it would be incumbent upon new japan to build their division up they've got enough talent and enough guys to do this look at how many multi-man matches we're seeing on every single card they could easily do this if they really wanted to um that's what i would do is i would i would repackage people and i would put them in in you know dedicated tag teams and i would make tag team matches matter but that would require a change in booking philosophy and emphasis um, maybe one thing you could do is instead of like, like I remember in the past, like they had set Liger up to be the booker of the junior division and that's all he booked. Mm-hmm. And because in many cases, new Japan is a very compartmentalized company. I don't see why you couldn't have somebody just be over the tag team division and maybe take the reins from Gato on that sort of thing. And right. That might be actually beneficial. I don't know. Yeah. If you guys are listening, I don't know. That's, that's an idea. Have like, Kojima and Tenzon like be the bookers of a tag division or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And then they put themselves over all the time. <laughs> Tengozi, <laughs> your new IWGP tag <laughs> champions. Oh, man. So another question from uh, Danny, uh, maker of the NJPW extension. Uh, he says, um, Maserati and I are of the same mind. What do you think of replacing junior and world tag league with a single tournament of teams comprised of one heavy and one junior member? It might turn out to be a disaster, but I've always liked when teams have that dynamic. Um, that's that's a fun idea. Um, I don't have any issue with them having a tournament where it's like one heavyweight, one junior. Although, and I I liked remember last year that they seemed to be doing that specifically during the. Uh, Best of the Super Juniors undercards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. But, um, and I agree with you, but here's my thing is like, I think the whole idea of having a a tag team tournament is supposed to crown like who the best is supposed to be like the G1 basically. So if you want my opinion, I just think that they should just have one tournament and it should just be no weight limits and it should have all the tag teams in it. And it might be a lot better than what we've gotten over the past few years. And, I mean, taking nothing – you know, it's funny. Last year, World Tag League was much better overall than the Junior Tag League, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy because the Junior Tag League had a much better field of competitors, and I was more excited for it. It ended up not being very good. Well, it was okay. 
But the World Tag League ended up being pretty good last year. Yeah, it did. For the first time in a long time. But that's our dog. He's, he needs to chill. Um, anyway, so I would rather them just have one tournament with dedicated tag teams that actually had longstanding. My, my only criticism of them having to be limited to having one heavy and one junior is like that's more of like a gimmick. And maybe maybe you could build off of it. You could. You know, you definitely could. But um, why not just, like, have the tag teams that you have, you know? Mm -hmm. If they have two juniors, great. If they got two heavies, great. If they've got a mix of the two, perfect. Like, I would – and that's another thing, too. Like, why don't they start mixing tag teams where they have heavyweights and juniors on the same team? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, why not have a team of Sho and Ishii? Dude, that would be (laughs) – Exactly. That would be freaking awesome. Yeah. But, again, it's one of those things, like, they have to have somebody dedicated. They have to make tag team wrestling – a priority in New Japan, and until that happens, none of these great ideas are ever going to come to fruition. So maybe we should talk about God versus Yoshihashi and Ishii, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and so here's the thing: uh, you know, they have been kind of building up the fact that Yoshihashi hasn't really won a title, and they they've called back in the backstage promo. They've called back to the last time that Yoshihashi and Ishii challenged for the tag team titles and a, a failing. Um, a failing challenge was it against God. I think it was against God as well. Like five time champions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is some backstory here, and you know Yoshiashi really wanted to win a title. So I mean, they could pull upset here and have Yoshiashi and Ishii win. They've God's had the belts since like April, so I mean they've had a very lengthy run. So you're right; they definitely could do that. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll go with, go with the safe They bet. should just put the titles on Aussie Open the other week. They would have been better. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the safe bet and just go with uh, G.O.D. Go G-O-D. Or, yeah, retaining. And then the main event of Beppu, we have the Rev Pro British Heavyweight uh, title match with the champion Tanahashi uh, defending the title against Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, so... Um, it's kind of funny. Like, how do you feel about this feud? Because I feel like I'm somebody who really enjoys the Tanahashi and Zack Sabre matches. But I hear a lot of people who, like, are just kind of down on it or just don't care or, or right. not compelled by it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that think it's uh, too grapple heavy. They put or too many submissions that kind of lay around. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> grappling is wrestling. It's it's too wrestling heavy. <laughs> There's too uh, much wrestling in the wrestling match. But I thought I think they've done a great job of kind of not just sitting on the mat with Tanahashi kind of fighting back with strikes and um, fighting back with dragon screws and stuff like that. And yeah, the funny thing is like remember their first like big match. Well, they've had several big matches, but like from recent antiquity, last year at the uh, in the finals of the uh, New Japan Cup. Yeah, the New Japan Cup. People were, like, calling that five stars and stuff, and I didn't think it landed anywhere near that at the time. And it was enjoyable, but I thought all these things that people are criticizing about being too grapple-heavy and too submission-oriented and too much, like, laying around, that's what I felt like at the time when we watched that. Since that time, every match of theirs, I, I feel like it's getting better and better and better, and I'm enjoying it more and more. And I think these guys have incredible chemistry. Um so I'm always very surprised when people are like, this doesn't do anything for me. I'm not into it. You know what you're getting and all that. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, Tanahashi I, and Zack Sabre, like, I'm not saying they're like five-star matches, but they always deliver in spades for me. I always like their matches. Yeah, I've really enjoyed their matches as well. And I think they've done a good job of kind of mixing up the grappling style with Tanahashi's kind of style and moveset. And there have been some really 
entertaining matches of all in the four star and above range for me. Yeah. So I think this will be another solid main event here. Yeah. Um, I think Zack Sabre, I mean, I really don't know who's winning here, to be honest. I felt confident that Tanahashi was going to obtain the belt, but they could go back to Zack at this point if they really wanted to. I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a waste to just to have it hot shotted to Tanahashi and then back to Zack Sabre like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, like if I was Rev Pro, I would want to get dates on Tanahashi. Right. Personally. I mean, that's the main thing to me. Like, if I was, like, them, if I'm Red Pro, I want to get dates on them and bring them back. Right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, I mean, it could be one of those things where they just, like, wanted to do a big surprise title change and it benefited everybody. And it's just a one-month deal and Zach's going to have the belt back. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going with Sabre here. Um, <laughs> After everything I just said, you're yeah. like, I'll go with Sabre. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like Sabre has been... He has picked up some wins on the, on the undercards, but overall, I just feel like he's been losing a lot on a lot of big matches. Um, That's valid. So I think he kind of needs a, a big win here, kind of rebound and kind of end the year on a positive note for him. Yeah. But then if they do that, do you, I mean, was it even worth it to have put the belt on Tanahashi? Probably not. But like you said, it was a surprise towel change. The crowd in the UK popped for it. Um, it, it kind of conditions the crowd, let you know, hey, anything can anything can happen. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't feel I don't have strong opinions one way or the other. I just feel like if you're gonna put the belt on Tanahashi, then you know, m- make it to me. Then you should just be bringing him back and getting dates on him. But uh, you're probably right. I mean, they'll probably go back to Zach. Yeah. So that'd be my prediction too. And this will probably be a fantastic match, especially in the main event. So we had a question from Reddit user, why did you do that, bro? It says, if Tanahashi isn't losing the British belt to Zach, who should he lose it to? I mean, I don't... The A-Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Pac. I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I don't know enough guys over there. Yeah, I'm not really familiar who's who's left on the Rev Pro roster in the main single side. How, how cool would it be to get Tanahashi and Pac? Dude, that would be awesome. Uh, also... Why do I have to call this guy Pack now? Well, it's been a decade. <laughs> it's been a decade, and no one ever in any company on any publication ever, including himself, has ever called him Pack. He has always called himself Pack. They have all always called him Pack. Suddenly, suddenly it's Pack. Well, I think it's 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 been an accent thing because he did an interview, a podcast interview a while. I think it was like last year on Tucker Jericho, like right after he got released, saying that um, that he, his name was Pack because they called him Six Pack because he had six pack abs or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's all he had, and so that's where it came from. But I guess maybe the British pronunciation it comes off as Pock, and so. Everybody just thought that's how it's pronounced until finally, 10 years later, he's like, I'm finally going to correct people. So, I feel like if you have to wait 10 years and you didn't correct anybody up till now, then you just roll with it. You take that loss. You take that L. Don't change right. it now. It's like that one shy kid, like you say his name wrong, and he's too afraid to correct you, so you just like keep calling him. No, the that's your name now. You <laughs> yeah. you accepted this L. You, right. <laughs> you had 10 years to do it. Don't don't be trying to change it now. Yeah, it's so... It's, his yeah. name is Pat. His name is Pac. It's so weird hearing Pac and... His, his name's to, not Pac. And also, just so everyone knows, Pac is not a cooler sounding name. Pac sounds way, way cooler, cooler yeah. than Pac. Yeah. Pac is... 
Yeah, it's yeah. Pack sucks. <laughs> uh, maybe he uh, changed it for heat. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that, yeah. This is this is all like his uh, his bastard heel like stuff. Like he he was like, you know, what would really get some heat. I'm gonna start calling myself Pack. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so now we're gonna look at. I don't put it past them. They're all workers. Yeah, uh, we're gonna look at destruction, <laughs> destruction in Kagoshima. Uh, so young lions cut match. We got Umora versus Connors. Yeah, so Umora um, Connors. I'm gonna go Clark Connors. Uh, I'm gonna go with Umora, man. He needs to get something on the board. Uh, obviously, he'll have a couple matches during the week. I'm assuming he's already got some stuff on the board at, by this point. Personally, gotcha. Okay. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to go with Umora. And, and the next match better be Narita. Yeah, we've got Ren Narita versus uh, Michael Richards. Yeah, Narita better. It better be Narita. Hitting that Narita special. If Richards beats Narita, something's wrong. Yeah, we will be on this podcast next week. It'll make me feel like something's uh, something's not right with pro wrestling. <laughs> how, how how did Richards beat Narita? People, people worrying about Naito made him in this dome. Nah, they need to be worried of whether or not they're going to book Richards to beat Narita. <laughs> That's the bigger issue right now. Yeah. Obvious cooperation. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, going Narita. So then we got Suji, Umino, Taguchi, Nagata versus Coughlin, Fredericks, Hanare, and Nakanishi. I don't know. I'll go Hanare, Nakanishi just because we went with Taguchi, Nagata the night before. Uh, I'm going to stick with Nagata once again. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Then we have uh, Shoyo, Yoshihashi, and Ishii taking on Owens, Fale, and G.O.D. Barn burner. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's one. That's always one of the weird things about New Japan. When they have these multiple, like, when they have, like, destruction tours or, like, multiple, like, new beginnings. And they'll have, like, a big match. Like, for instance, in this case, Yoshihashi and Ishii versus G.O.D. for the tag title. It's one of the main matches of the first night. But then they put them in a multi-man match the night right after that. That's always so weird. Yeah. It's always so weird, especially, like, if they're not going to continue the feud afterwards. So it's just kind of like, well, I don't know. It's just it's one of the weird formula things they do in New Japan. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go with the Bullet Club team winning since I have G.O.D. retaining. Because it wouldn't really... Same. Like, Make a lot of sense for them to lose after set, try to set up the matchup again. So, yeah, I'll go with uh, maybe uh, Fale hitting the grenade on you. Yeah, I agree. So then we have Liger, Hanma, Makabe, Tanahashi taking on Doki, Kanemaru, Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. So we got Suzuki and Liger on uh, multi-man again. Yeah, with Tanahashi there, hopefully he's not too banged up after that Zack Sabre match. This actually might be really fun. Um yeah, this should be a good little match. Um, and again, Liger and Suzuki. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to go with Suzuki Gun Team with Hanma probably taking the fall. Uh, since I predicted something like that the night before, I, I don't know. I'm going to go 50-50. I'm, I'm a 50-50 book on this tour. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Seki Gun Team. Tanahashi uh, pinning Doki, maybe? Uh, Hanma's going to hit a Kokashi on Doki and pin him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So then, uh, once again, Rocky, Goto, and Okada versus Bushi, Shingo, and Sonata. I don't know. Um, I think it, it is weird to me, like doing a prediction for all these big, sh- big matches. Well, like a big shows, semi-big shows, because these are like I guess C-level shows. Mm-hmm. 
to where I don't care about. Like, I have no strong inclinations about who's winning these matches. Yeah, it's weird. But they're full of big stars, and they're really good preview matches. This is almost, this is barely a step above a road to show. Yeah. In yeah. fact, yeah, it's pretty much is. It's pretty the, much our road to shows. Except really the semi main and main. Yeah, but we've had we've had road two shows that had like big bigger matches like this on it, like uh, especially like in Cork, and these are essentially road two shows. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know, Lij. Uh, who did I go with last time? I you think went Lij. I'll go Chaos this time. Screw you. <laughs> now we got uh, <laughs> Evil and Naito versus Yujiro Takahashi and Jay White. I'm uh, gonna go with Evil and Naito again. I'll ride with you. I don't care. Uh, Scorpion Deathlock on Yujiro. So bring us to our semi-main. We have the IWGP Junior Tag Team uh, Junior Tag Titles on the line as the Birds of Prey, Will Osprey and Robbie Eagles will challenge the champions from the Bullet Club, Ishimori and ELP. Well, um, I don't know. I. These titles really don't matter very much, and they f- switch them all the time. So, I don't know. Birds Prey, I'll just go with them. Again, I don't have strong inclinations one way or the other. Like, I could see Ishimori and ELP retaining, but, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and you got you got Super Junior Tag League coming up as well. You know, you know what? I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to go Birds of Prey, getting the win. What if Robbie Eagles never isn't actually... Good and he's actually still bullet club and he turns on. And this it's been a, a, a work this, this whole time. This is all work. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, birds of prey. Birds of prey got this. Yeah. And so then we got the uh Wrestle Kingdom uh contract matchup with Kota Abushi defending the contract um against Kenta. Kenta. <laughs> <laughs> About to get this Kenta Wrestle Kingdom main event. Kenta versus uh, Okada rematch. Okada's gonna lose the title at King of Pro Wrestling to Mox. We're getting Kenta, Kenta and Mox. Mox Wrestle Kingdom WWE match. <laughs> the match that WWE always wanted to book but failed to do. So oh, and Jericho's gonna like insert himself triple threat. We're gonna have a triple threat at the Tokyo Dome unification. Yeah, and then Jericho's gonna win it. And then leave and lose all the belts, <laughs> not to anyone in particular. No, we'll, we'll have just a, actually physically lose them. Like they'll be lost. <laughs> no, uh, Jericho's gonna win, and then we'll, <laughs> after Jericho wins, we'll have a simulcast of uh, Tony Khan coming up on the screen saying, he "Oh bought, my god, <laughs> that he bought uh, New Japan." <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, I'm gonna go Bushi. Obviously, um, it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of match they work between Ibushi and Kenta. Given the fact that like Kenta essentially squashed Abushi in that first when we were in Dallas when we were there for that show, mm-hmm. uh, the first night of the G1 this past year, I mean Kenta literally squashed Abushi. So um, I'm expecting Abushi obviously to retain, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of match to expect here. Maybe this is the match that people wanted at that time. They didn't get. They were upset. Uh, there were a lot of people who were upset about that match. Yeah, the there were a lot of people who were disappointed. So. But uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I I wouldn't know what to think if if Kenta won. Then I every I wouldn't know what to think. Dude, yeah. But yeah, I think it's pretty safe that uh, Kota Ibushi is going to retain the contract here. Yeah. All right. So now we got a few questions, and then we will. Are you jump. looking forward to these destruction shows? I'm looking forward to the semi mains and mains and the Young Lion Cup matches, but the rest of the card stuff that I've 
seen a billion times this past week, and we'll see again. Watch flipping through these Roti shows this week. I know. I, I know. I'm feeling really sick this week. Like really sick. So I'm not sure. Like if my lack of enthusiasm is just because I'm sick, or this is trash. <laughs> it, it, it's not trash. It's, it's not it's, trash. It's just weak. It is a little weak, especially coming off the G1. We were having steak every every night for dinner. But it's not just that. We've had a really strong year. Like I, it's been a long time since we've had weaker, you know, main quote unquote shows like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Let's, get, let's jump into these questions. Let's see what the fans have to say. Yep. So we got a question here from Reddit, e- the <laughs> Reddit user Eater of Bread. He says, we've heard Kawata went back to Japan for health reasons. Have you heard anything lately about Oka? He hasn't had a match since February. Do you think we'll see him in New Japan again? Yeah, I heard that he hasn't wrestled since January or since February. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have not heard an update on Oka. Um, I've been looking out and you know trying to. We don't know. Look out for Rev Pro stuff or any indie UK stuff. Um, I just nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody has heard from, heard from him. I don't even know if he's even still in the UK or not. So I don't know what's going on there. We'll try and you know dig around and get try and get some more um, background on what's going on with Oka if he's going to come back anytime soon. But you know maybe they're holding off for a big debut. Maybe he shows up at King of Pro Wrestling maybe or something. I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't wrestled since February. Like I don't know what's going on with the man. Yeah, maybe he got like an undisclosed injury and nobody knew about it or something. I don't know. So yeah, we'll try and dig around and see what we can I don't find. Know. All I know is Oka was a really big deal when they signed him initially. A really big deal. So I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't have future plans for him or whatever. But who knows, man? I don't know. We haven't heard anything. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, next question comes from Ricky from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show right here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ricky says, could slash will Okada one day replace Inoki as the biggest star in NJPW history? No. Never. Nobody can replace uh, Inoki as the biggest star. Um, wrestling's not wrestling in general. Is not big enough to do that anymore. That would be like being. Um, let me put it to you this way, because uh, Ricky, I know you're big. You know WWE Mark. That'd be like, could Roman Reigns replace Hulk Hogan or Stone Cold Steve Austin as the biggest star in WWE history? No, it's not possible. Yeah, because they're not. The company is nowhere near the level. Not just the company. Well, actually, it's weird because the company in. It's similar on both sides. Like, in some ways, the company is more financially stable, more viable, you know, in the terms of business. But in terms of visibility, general visibility to, like, the general populace. If you go to Japan, you say the word Inoki, everyone is going to know who you're talking about. He's a cultural icon, um, a, a, like a worldwide cultural icon over there. Um you mentioned Okada. There's going to be people who know who he is. The same way how some people know who John Cena is. Mm-hmm. But the general population, it's not really. Like in America, we don't really all know who John Cena is. Like in most people that do, it's like. From acting. From acting or like funny like videos and stuff. It's not because they watch wrestling. Right. It's kind of like that with Okada. Um, would you say Tanahashi would actually be. No. Closer second? No. There's nobody. No, not not as a top star, but Tanahashi 
it's like one of the maybe like one of the second biggest stars and just from saving the company from the dark ages. No. 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 No, because he 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 came from an era that's not as popular and the importance in the minds and the eyes of the general population. I don't live in Japan, so I, I'm not the authority on this, but I mean, like, you compare him to a Ricky Choshu? Mm-hmm. No. Or, like, Chono? No. Or Muto? No. No. They're nowhere near as popular, and they never will, will be, and they can't be. Um, it's like, you know, once people's once people know it's a work and it's, like, revealed to how much of it is a work, it's an uphill battle to make wrestling mainstream. And wrestling's not mainstream, so it's, like, almost impossible. Now, you can do it. You can do what WWE's tried to do with John Cena. And in the kayfabe, in the canon, you can call him the Babe Ruth. Just, like, right. they're, just like they're trying to make John Cena the, the, the Babe Ruth. But he'll never be like Bruno, you know? As great as John Cena was and as, like, on top of the company he was, he's never drawn like Hulk Hogan did. He can't. It's impossible. So, no, no one's ever going to do what Anoki did ever again. Like, mm. it's not possible. Anoki Bombaye. It's like, you know, when you talk about the the history of Perezu over there, there's only a few names that are on that, like, you got Ricky Dozen, you got Giant Baba, and you got Anoki. And no one is near that level like nowhere near that level so unfortunately no it's not possible all right next question from nicholas guerrero he says do you think njpw will make any adjustments in the near future if AEW succeeds on tv and wwe draws better on a new channel to be more competitive is wwe going to a new channel uh smackdown is moving to oh, that's right. uh, fox sports in october that might be a bad move for them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to they're gonna have to draw some big numbers to like make that a viable thing for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, New Japan's not really competing. There was that whole thing where they, I mean, they made an adjustment pretty recently. Were you talking about the Fighting Spirit? No, tour? the Michael Craven thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're making some adjustments. But I don't think, as far as like a TV perspective, though, I mean, they have the access show, but New Japan's not really like maybe. competing on. <laughs> maybe they yeah, do. maybe on. They're not really competing with AEW and WWE on that front. So, I don't think, as far as like a TV kind of thing, that we're making any adjustments. I mean, obviously, we've seen with Fighting Spirit Unleashed, first kind of New Japan tour without any Ring of Honor involvement. I think um, we're seeing actually we got two more shows also in November. Um, for New Japan uh, solo shows So we're seeing them do more US based tours on their own So I think that's been kind of a big adjustment But I don't think we're going to see Anything TV wise Because of the uh, you know new, The TV stuff with AEW and WWE Yeah and it, it is a different business model altogether because you know WWE and AEW as well are Going to be primarily Television content creating companies You know what I mean they, they, they definitely live tour, but that's not the majority of their business in the States. Whereas New Japan, a lot of what their goal and aim is, is to do that. Yeah, they've got a TV deal, but their TV deal isn't live viewing, live sport viewing the same way that uh, WWE and AEW is going to be. Um, I mean, that's something they, I guess they could look into if they're really trying to go that way. But I mean, 
I don't know. That's a big, that's a tall task to, to accomplish. And we talked about it so many times in the show that like, they've got a whole market in Japan that they still haven't even conquered. So. Yeah. Uh, so next question from Reddit user Jin Sane G1. He says one duck sized Minoru Suzuki versus 50 Minoru Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki sized ducks. Who wins? The world explodes. <laughs> I don't think the world could handle that. I mean, I, I would think that the uh, the fifty duck size Minoru Suzuki's would win, right? Here's wait. So it, it's one duck sized Minoru Suzuki versus fifty Minoru Suzuki sized ducks. Oh, gotcha. That's confusing. So you got one duck who is. Size of Minoru Suzuki. Oh no, the, the one duck size Minoru Suzuki is gonna fuck up those fifty ducks. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big they are; they're not Minoru Suzuki. That's true. One tiny Minoru Suzuki would literally murder. He would murder those those giant ducks. In fact, if the world ever faced fifty m- giant man sized ducks. Our only hope would be to call upon a duck size <laughs> to save us. So yeah, that's my answer. Easy. Uh, next question comes from Reddit user Life is a Dragon. As you chaps may have heard, the editor of the Super J Cast was reportedly accosted by an angry Michael Craven during right. Royal Quest last week. <laughs> Are you worried that the apparent lack of NJPW executive publicly beefing with your podcast means that y'all aren't the New Japan podcast Shiaku anymore? What? <laughs> so uh, what happened? So last week on the Super J Cast, they had uh, editor Dan who edits the Super J Cast. Right. He was at Royal Quest Live, and uh, he had a run-in with Michael Craven. Uh, and uh, you know, I guess you know, Dan told him, oh, "Yeah, I edited the Super J Cast." And Michael Craven was like, essentially, like you know, I hate those guys. They, I heard how what they were been saying about me on their podcast, and blah 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 blah. They had Why little- was the stuff that was their report true or not? What about? About like the change with uh, Michael Craven's position and everything like that was that not accurate? Well, not Is that only what he was upset about no, this, this past stuff they they that they've reported to about you know the whole um, like the the Kevin like the the commentary stuff and some other stuff that they've we've talked about that's been kind of noted with him with his decisions and so so he's asking that <laughs> I didn't know about that that's pretty funny so he's worried that. The fact that we don't have executives coming after us means that we're not the Shiaku anymore. Yeah. Well, <sighs> all right, let me just say this. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I'll say. And this is just the honest truth. Um, I love Joel. I love Damon. Those are our friends. I think they're great. The reality is... Um, us doing this show was somewhat influenced by Pearlcast even existing, but I think it was more so. It wasn't because we were trying to copy them. It's more so like, hey, look, there's just these guys mm-hmm. and like nobody else. We should definitely be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a wide open market since that time. There've been like a million fifty New Japan podcasts, although they all seem to kind of just go faded away. Yeah. yeah, we're like ninety three episodes into this thing, so we've been around for a while. Um, if you want to go by numbers, Super J Cast definitely has the numbers. They're on a bigger network. They have been doing it for a lot longer, and all respect to them. But if you want to, if you want my honest opinion, and I'm sure they'd say the same thing. They would. They would definitely say the same thing. I've heard them say it. 
our show's the best New Japan podcast out there, period. Um, they wouldn't agree, and that's fine, you know, and, and I wouldn't expect them to. Right. You know, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're both going to be biased with our own shows. We're very, we're very biased. And, you know, I listen to their show. I listen almost every week. Um, I've, I don't, I don't know. I think I listened to the show last week. I don't know. It's been, I've had a hectic week at work and that's usually when I listen to podcasts, but I generally speaking, listen every single week. And, um, I think they, I think that they offer a lot that are different from us. If you want to just talk about pure numbers, just pure numbers, they're, they're way bigger than us. But if you want to talk about pure content. Yeah. And and a a week to week and a week to week, like product. I think that we absolutely have the single best new Japan based podcast on the entire internet. And I mean, there are definitely people who don't agree with us. Right. Dude, there are people who hate our show. They hate our show. There are people who hate the Super J Cast show. Um, yeah, we've had people, and I'm just like, hey, you know, whatever. But I and, I. and again, guys, we are friends with Damon and Joel. We've hung out with them in New York. We hung out with Damon in uh, Texas during G1 weekend. There's no heat. There's no beef. There's a little bit of heat because he beat me in all those uh, arcade games. <laughs> but I had a lot of ciders that day. I was. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, we love those guys, and you know, there's there's room in the marketplace for more than one New Japan podcast, and I listen to their show every week. You but, can, I, but I think our show is the best. That's, yeah. that's basically I'm saying all that just to say this. I do think our show is the best. Period. There's a reason why we call the show the Ace, We're the ace of, of podcasts. podcasts. We are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one in one hundred podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, last question comes from Muzza. He says, with everyone seeming to think that they're going to do a double title match where the IC and heavyweight title might get unified at both nights of the dome, do you feel like, do you feel doing this would devalue Ibushi's G1 win and possibly devalue either heavyweight or IC belt with a possible one day title reign doing to setting up a double title match? It's possible. You know what else is possible? What? They could do it perfectly and everything could be fine. That's always a possibility. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how most things are in life, Muzza. Let's just get a little philosophical here. Things could go really bad. Things could go really right. It really just depends on your outlook and how you, you know, do things. And I think that if New Japan books it properly with the right, like, talents and the right guys and the right writing and the right booking, this could be fantastic. It could also suck. Um you know, I'm not saying anything super profound here. I think we all know that. I think sometimes people ask questions like this because they're trying to project a particular way of thinking about how they think it might go. Mm-hmm. And my outlook is like, yeah, could it suck? It could. But what if it's not? What if it's freaking awesome? Yeah, I mean, with Gato's track record, I mean, we don't have any reason to doubt this not being awesome. Uh, once again, we obviously there has been more promos, especially with Jay White talking about wanting to win both belts. So there does seem to be some smoke to the fire of a possible. I want the smoke. <laughs> double title match uh, coming Wrestle Kingdom January fourth and fifth. But once again, it's not official yet, so don't put all your eggs in the basket just quite yet. But if it does happen, I do think they'll do it right. And you know, I I would see Okada retaining on night one. And going into night two as a champion. Here's a couple things. The reality, in my opinion, the G1 should not necessarily... I, I like the fact that the G1 winner gets a title shot. You know? But, we've said it before. That's not what the G1 was always about. 
That's not the point. That's secondary. The point is winning the G1 means you're the best wrestler in the world because you won the freaking G1, the most prestigious wrestling tournament in the entire world. And not only did he win the tournament, he beat the champion in route to winning the tournament. So how could it devalue his his G1? He already he already did it. Yeah. He already won it. You can't devalue it at this point. He has it. You can't take it away. You can't buy it back. It's his. Um, and not only that, but if they fulfill the terms of the uh, stipulations and he gets a world title shot, who whoever said he had to win? Also, who says he's not going to win? What if he wins on night one and then defends the title on night two? That's, and wins. And wins, <laughs> you know? And so these are all different, like, outcomes that could happen. I think just... I think in the mind of almost everybody who sees this thing, they kind of are just like, all right, well, this is going to be a way to shoehorn Naito and Okada to eventually wind up in a final against one another, which probably would be true. Right. It's not, nec- mean, it's th- not necessarily There's also true. been a story for Bushi and Naito. What if they do a Bushi and Naito on the second night? Yeah. We also don't know what they're going to do with the heavyweight or IC belt post- you know, Wrestle Kingdom, if they even decide to do something like this. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, how, however they handle that also could be very telling as to, you know. But I can't see how it could devalue either title if you're putting them both on a, on a higher pedestal and unifying them. That usually, in my mind, elevates the perceived, per, you know, importance of those belts. So I think that this could be a really good thing. I can see how it could be bad. I do. I just have a lot of faith in New Japan, and yeah. I have a lot of faith in Gato, and I have a lot of faith in the talent that's there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all faith in Gato. I'm sure everything's going to be great um, at the end of January 5th. So, all right, now we're going to jump into the news. So we had news breaking that there's going to be another New Japan Showdown show to follow the uh, November 9th San Jose event. There's going to be a New Japan Showdown in L.A. in the Globe Theater on uh, Monday, November 11th. So once again, another show for New Japan in the U.S. Awesome. Uh, following the San, o- San Jose show. Uh, we had news about the Royal Quest attendance. Uh, drew a near sellout crowd with uh, 6,119 paid. And that stat comes from uh, this past week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. We also had a update on Kenta. I said Kenta went to the hospital, but he checked out okay. While he appeared knocked out, they didn't. They ruled that he didn't have a concussion and he will be missing no dates. Listen, I don't know about that. They can say that all they want. But I seen that man get concussed. <laughs> I saw it with my eyes. I think we all saw. I saw I saw him slipping like off ropes. Bumbling. I saw him doing baby face. Uh, too sweet. Too sweet. He was too sweeting all the fans on his way out and smiling. He was doing a baby face entry, uh, egg, uh, exit. Like that man was, bro. That man was freaking out of it. I don't care what they say. You can tell me all that. You can tell me you didn't have a concussion. I saw the concussion form in his head. I saw it with my eyes. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, also uh, Kevin Kelly tweeted out last week that he was going to be in a studio all week doing commentary for the Road to Destruction shows as well as the Super J Cup. What's as- the point? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Why? Do you know. guys even... Hey, listen... Uh, anyone who's listening, just tweet us after this. Do you even want us to cover the Super J Cup? It's been like a month. Do you even want to 
do should we even be talking about this when when they come out? Like, what do you want us to do? Yeah, and we we, t- we kind of briefly <laughs> talked about this this weekend. It's like, what do we do with the coverage on this? I mean, there's a lot of great matches, you know, just based on allegedly. We don't even know it happened so long ago. <laughs> based on uh, live reviews, that you know, there probably could be some candidates for junior match of the year. It could help build a case for certain people for junior of the year. So, I mean, we're definitely going to watch these matches, but I don't know if we're going to give you guys a full review or breakdown on the air of these matches. I'll just say this. I think that the non-airing of the Super J Cup in short order after it happened is one of the biggest blunders and biggest missteps New Japan has had all year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have... A, a show, I mean, a tournament that has a history. You've it's been, supposed to be a really important tournament. Right, and you've been building it, and it, and it has storyline um, implications moving forward. I mean... Bro, we it, previewed it. Yeah. Do you know how dumb that sounds? <laughs> we previewed it. We still haven't even seen them. That was a long time ago. And it's like, if you're trying to avoid spoilers, like, I don't know how you're doing it. You have to you you have to miss Royal Quest. You have to, you have to, you have to miss all these destruction shows. I kind of missed the spoilers. I just happened to know who won. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it how they all got there. I guess for the most part, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, eventually they'll those will be up on New Japan World. Um, it's gonna be in September, guys. <laughs> they didn't get. They said, "Oh, it'll be in September." Yeah. And let me let me just uh, pull up New Japan World right now, just to make sure that they haven't uploaded anything uh, while we were recording. And yeah, it looks like uh, still nothing from them. Oh, by the way. So this past weekend, um, apparently, there's a uh, New Japan World. I don't know exactly what I was, what kind of TV I was on, but I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and they have a New Japan World app on their actual television, hmm. which I've never seen that before. I thought you always had to like stream it. Well, isn't there? Well, don't you have the app on your Roku thing or no? no. Your, your Google, your Chromecast or something? Yeah, I'm. I'm casting from my device oh, gotcha. to Chromecast. Um, let me just tell you this. This app freaking sucks. <laughs> it is so bad, bro. It is impossible to find anything. It looks great, and it looks just like the New Japan World app that we have until you try to actually search stuff. Oh, it's... I was, like, kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, I can't... Uh, <laughs> like find anything Yeah Unless you're watching something that happened like that week That's on the front page You literally can't find anything wow. It's awful uh, The free match of the week That's on New Japan World right now Is the IWGP Intercontinental title match With Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. From September 16th, 2017 Jeez <laughs> So yeah, so these guys have been going at it for a long time now um, an interesting note that came up on Reddit. Uh, there's an infographic with um, Young Lions and their excru- their pre-excursion matches. And currently, Shota Umino has over 300 pre-excursion matches, more than any other recent dojo graduate. The shooter, baby. Yeah. So shooter. Clearly, big things are planned for the shooter. Yep. Um, what is this? New Japan and Daiso teaming up in the U.S. Yeah, so uh, New Japan is partnering up with Daiso. We were actually at that uh, New Japan Matsuri in New York where Daiso was partnering with them. So they'll be partnering with them during the um, New York stop in the Fighting Spirit Unleashed. There's going to be a meet and greet with Tanahashi and uh, Tiger Hattori and kind of some stuff because there is a Daiso shop in New York. What is Daiso? Remember that was that, uh, that Japanese um, shop? 
uh, where they had like the kind of like the home essentials kind of stuff. Remember, Toriano was out there with like the Daiso products when we were at the Matsuri. No, I left. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I had to go watch, uh, you know, Minoru Suzuki and Josh Barnett fight each other in uh, Jersey City. So no, I did not see that. Gotcha. But yeah, so Daiso is like this store in uh, Japan. I'm kind of trying to find the best way to explain it, but they have that, you. You actually did a great job explaining. It. I just wasn't familiar. I was like, "What? Do you, what? What is this?" Okay, cool. So they're doing like a meet and greet at one of those stores in New York. Yeah, uh, September 26th. Yep. Yeah, yeah, from three to four. Um, there's a schedule, so there'll be Tanahashi talking, then Tiger Hattori, and then there'll be a three shot photo session with Tiger Hattori and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And the talk sessions are open all view so dude if i was in new york i would be all bro you know how much i love tanahashi yeah it's, it's pretty much i think it's gonna be similar to the matsuri that happened in new york during, dope. Uh, yeah, during uh the wrestlemania weekend so should be a similar format to that uh, we had an interview on njpw 1972 with shibata um talking about the la dojo and assessing the la young lions yeah, they're about to make me look like an idiot why Cause I keep coming on this podcast being like Shibata's never wrestling again. And I I'm feeling like I'm about to be really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, uh, speaking of the LA dojo, there are LA dojo tryouts taking place on September 30th. So if you go to NJPW1972.com has all the information about the tryout and how to apply for that. There was also an interview on the site with uh, new Japan's dojos, young lions speaking out about the, Young Lions Cup. Also, we had uh, NJPW CEO Harold George May featured on the uh, new series by Tokyo Metropolitan Government. Um, so yeah, I saw that. So there's a video on that. Didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw that. I saw it was great. It's important. <laughs> big news <laughs> with uh, Big Money May there. Big Money May. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in other news, uh, very kind of. Um, Serious situation that's been kind of uh, been the talk of all of wrestling Twitter um, this weekend. So there was an incident um, during the summer sizzler with a uh, Rev Pro referee. And of course, we had a question here from Reddit user ABlue3. Have you seen the Josh Bodum situation? His shoulders were down for three. And then he beat up the ref. Now the ref is retiring and Bodum is fired from Rev Pro. Um, what? Yeah. So. Okay, so I don't know what happened. I know that you guys kept talking about like how there was a lot of issues on the Summer Sizzler show. Was this during the main event? No, this was during the um, the tag the, t- the tournament match with Aussie Open. Okay, yeah, because I you guys had said that there's issues during the main event on that show as well that like people were upset. Right, that was the Osprey David Starr match. Yeah, and people were freaking out. So this is another issue during that same right time. and like. I I kind of heard a little bit about it going into Royal Quest, but more details have come out afterward. I'm going to read. Is it work? It is does it not seem like a work. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from everything in wrestling to me seems like a work. <laughs> this is from uh, F4W Online from their daily update yesterday. It says there was a big controversy in last week's Rev Pro Wrestling show at York Hall during Aussie Open versus Josh Bodum and Shaw Samuels. Referee Aaron Wild eventually 
end of the match early, saying a few days later the post-match attack on him was a shoot. He said he was slammed by Samuels and the rest was a blur. RevPlo released a statement on Sunday that they had, had not heard from Wild during the week, nor knew of any of the allegations before he went on Twitter to discuss it. They did not respond until Sunday because they said they were gathering all the facts. After speaking to everyone, they said that Samuels made a horrible error of judgment, but did his best to protect the referee. They said that they are confident he knows what he did wrong and under no circumstances is he allowed to touch a non-wrestler without consent he will be disciplined and they will have a zero tolerance policy regarding any future incidents however we are confident given his track record he will respond to this in the most positive manner possible that don't Uh, don't sound like he's fired well that's not that's shambles uh regarding uh bodum who was he was um fighting with pretty much oh yeah i'm I'm getting them confused okay yeah. yeah So Bodum was there's a video going around on Twitter of Bodum kind of striking the referee after the match. So regarding Bodum, Rev Pro said his actions did not match his recollection recollections of events, and they have no option but to cut ties with him. Wow. They said they hope Bodum will be able to learn and grow from this. The two have been stripped of the the British tag team titles immediately. They said that uh, said that not being aware of this for several days made them realize incident report policy specific to performers. A simple form can be filled out in email to management if there are any concerns or any official complaints. Something they feel will be better in dealing with these types of things in a more timely fashion. The company also said they are publicly apologizing to Wild and said that if he can't refer going forward, they hope to continue to work with him in other areas of business if he wants to keep working with them. Well, um, you know, in my opinion, I, I, I'm just jumping into this. I don't know much about it, I, and I don't want to speak as a – I'm not a worker. I don't have a lot of experience working in the wrestling industry, so I don't even want to speculate and say what did or didn't happen, especially from a foreign company. Like, I've, I have no clue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'll say this. The way that that entire press release that you just, like, listed to me comes off – Super professional sounding. Like, it sounds like... Now, I don't know if what they're saying is true. I'm very skeptical, and I don't know if that's how it all happened yeah. or whatever. But there's... there. I can only take them at face value, basically, at this point, based on what they're saying. And if they're... The long and short of it is that they're doing an investigation. They're inviting the one guy to... You know, the, the referee to continue to work with them. And they're firing the wrestler. That's probably the outcome that needs to happen. Now, I don't know if there's something that they could have done differently. Right. And I think that's probably what everyone is wondering. Well, another thing, too, there's been screenshots going around on Twitter of a message between um, Andy Qualden, who's the owner of Rep Pro, and uh, Josh uh, Badoom. And the message says, hey, Josh, this ref is kicking up shit, a shitstorm on Twitter. I have your back on it. Don't worry. Oh, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's not a good look. You're right. And then there was a, a Instagram Q&A that Josh Badum did, and somebody asked, have you been fired from Red Pro? He said, nah, bro, I quit pro wrestling. Josh Bodum said that? Yeah. Um. Okay. And then that's, not, that's really convenient sounding. Yeah. And then uh, the video, um, I've seen the video a, a lot today of the strikes that um, – Bodum was doing on the referee and then you know the referee came out on Twitter before all this stuff came out saying that he can no longer referee at the time being because of the injuries that he um, obtained during this post-match attack Hmm. well what I was saying was like I wasn't congratulating Rep Pro but I was saying like as far as a company whether they were in the right or the wrong they were doing from a PR standpoint 
as good a job as they possibly could given the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean that they actually handled it correctly. I have Mm -hmm. no clue if they handle it correctly or not, but like what they were saying verbally or like in written form is probably what you'd like hope a company would say. And you'd hope that they like stand by that and actually had these protocols and yada, yada. But you, you never know what the culture of a wrestling company is really like, or, you know, and, any industry, you know, there's lots of places where they're like, well, we have simple forms you could fill out and do this or that, but you don't, I mean, for instance, like exactly what you just, you know, shared, like someone be like, yo, this guy's kicking up a shit storm. It's like, well, what if they don't really want, they like, they have policies in place, but they don't really want you to actually follow those policies. You know what I mean? It's right. It's more just like a, a, a make good or whatever. So I don't know. Um, that's really interesting though. Um, I'm not a huge. I don't watch a lot of Repro. Yeah, I, I, do I, I know Josh Bodum. I know like his name, but right. I haven't seen a lot from him. Um, but I, I'll say this: like, you shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be shooting on anybody. Period. Yeah. Period. Unless they really deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they shoot on you first. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's that's really bad. I didn't know about. I haven't heard anything about this till this moment. Yeah, it's been all over. I know you're not really on Twitter, but yeah, wrestling Twitter has been talking about it a lot lately. A lot of wrestlers and referees weighing in, and you know we're fr- we're friends with uh, several referees here in the Florida area and wrestlers were too. Were they saying stuff too? Yeah, some of those guys were kind of weighing in and talking about the situation. So, did they say he deserved it? Who was uh, that? Uh, Bodum <laughs> referee. Oh no. <laughs> so, but yeah, I definitely think they they did make the right call with you know firing Bodum, stripping them of the tag titles, and you know, what did the referee do wrong? So apparently, at the finish, like well, he I guess he so Aussie opened one, and that was the right call, right. but I guess it ended earlier than it was supposed to. Bodum failed to get his shoulders up, I guess, on one spot of the match, and so the match ended up ending. How's that the referee's fault? It's not. Yo, dude, you're a pro wrestler. Get your shoulders up, dog. Yeah. I know my I, I know my, my my buddy here, Jeremy Diamond, wouldn't let his shoulders <laughs> be down for three seconds. Dude, I don't even sleep on my back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and the, the tweets that the referee um, put out, he was saying, yeah, the match ended five minutes early on a show that ran 45 minutes long longer than it was supposed to. So, yeah. <sighs> I just wish – here's my thing. If you make a mistake, we all make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Just own up to your crap, okay? You don't have to beat somebody up because you made a mistake. Right. You know what? If you want to argue with the referee in character to, you know, keep heat on yourselves and be heels. Bro, you know what? Handle it backstage, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't shoot on the guy in front of everybody or whatever. Like, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. Who knows? Yeah. This world's crazy. Yeah, so... We'll see what happens there moving forward with Brev Pro. And then finally, we've got maybe the biggest news of the week. Yeah, this broke today. Impact Wrestling's parent company acquires a majority interest in Access TV. So Impact Wrestling's company, parent company, which is Anthem Sports and Entertainment, um, they have finalized a deal that expects to lead uh, to be the new television home for Impact. In a press release that was issued today, it was announced that Anthem Sports Entertainment has acquired a uh, majority interest in HDNet LLC, which is the parent of Access TV and HDNet Movies. And uh, for those of you who know, New Japan Pro Wrestling and uh, Women of Wrestling both air on Access TV on Saturdays. I don't really know what to think here. Um, This seemed like a deal that fell apart 
you know? Right. So uh, Voices of Wrestling, they kind of broke this story in June about this deal happening. And we talked about it here on the show. And, you know, Impact was supposed to, I believe it was after Slammiversary, they're supposed to be, you know, they had no shows booked because they were getting, they thought that they were going to be switching over to Access TV. And then the deal wasn't happening. So they had to do quick tapings to do some more stuff on Pursuit. So yeah, it seemed like this deal had kind of fallen through the cracks, but I guess they were continuing to work things out. And now the deal is finalized. Well, I mean, we don't have to belabor the fact. We There's issues between Impact and New Japan, uh, and a lot of that has to do with Okada. Um, a lot of that has to do with a lot of bad history between the two. Obviously, they used to have a partnership, but um, what this means going forward, I really don't know. I mean, Access TV has been a fantastic partner for New Japan in their growing U.S. expansion over the past two or three years. And, um, you know... Obviously, this is great for Impact. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be the best TV move for Impact since they moved from Fox, uh, Fox Sportsnet to Spike TV. Yeah. So they're going to get in way more you homes. You didn't like when they moved to Destination America? <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't like when they moved to Pop TV? No. I, I Honestly, I didn't watch Impact from through any of those channels. Mm. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, this is, a, this is a good move for them. Um, I would hope... In my perfect world, New Japan gets to have their own show, Impact gets to have their own show, and and that's it. Right, and you know the you know Mark. But Cuban, that might not be what happens. Well, Mark Cuban's kind of been one of the main guys going to bat for New Japan and having it on the network. And he's uh, the owner. Yeah, and so in the press release, it stated that Mark Cuban and AEG will continue to participate as equity partners. And AEG Global Partnerships, AEG's advertising and sponsorship sales unit, will continue to support the channels in conjunction with Anthem sales team. So Cuban will still have some uh, play there. So I think, you know, he's been fighting for New Japan all this time. I think he will continue to. Well, here's the thing. We know for a fact that the numbers that New Japan are doing on that channel, they kill everything else. They're, they're way higher than their concerts. They're way higher than the HD net fights. They're way higher than the women of wrestling. It's their biggest drawing like show on the network for sure. Yeah. Um, if I'm Anthem and I'm going to be bringing um, Impact onto the network, I put them on the same night as New Japan. I hope to ride that wave. I wouldn't be so foolhardy to think that, oh, well, it's just wrestling, so I get rid of the, the, the most popular show you have and replace it with something else. That would be a bad look, but you know what? You could probably piggyback and actually gain a lot more viewers if you work together in conjunction. I'm not saying have a partnership. I'm not saying do crossovers. I'm just saying that uh, Access TV has a long history of having multiple fight promotions on the same night. And it seems like they're, they've started to do that with Women of Wrestling and New Japan. Right. I don't see any reason why on a Friday night they can't also have Anthem or uh, have a Impact Impact as well. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the only thing is my one big concern is if they – let's say they do do that. How much support is Axis going to be putting behind New Japan moving forward with their U.S. shows and their big their big efforts because they seem to be really behind them? They might continue to let them broadcast, but I don't know how much support they're going to be getting if Anthem's the controlling uh, shareholder. Also, I don't know if New, you know New Japan like they seem kind of salty and uh, uh, almost a little bit petty to uh, impact with some of this stuff. And I don't know if they're 
they want to keep working with them after this. You know, this might be like the death knell. Um, I always hoped that with Don Callis's involvement with uh, Anthem, that that would kind of bridge the gap, but it hasn't seemed to be so. Yeah. Far. And we have some sources over at Access TV, so maybe we can kind of reach out and see what. We might not anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can reach out now. and We do, but. Yeah, we can reach out and kind of see if they know anything on what's happening with the uh, New Japan partnership. Yeah, for sure. Another interesting thing about this story, Steve Harvey. Yes, comedian Steve Harvey is joining Anthem as an investor and is entering in an agreement for content development and promotion of Anthem's portfolio. So so we might get like Steve Harvey at like Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, maybe Bound for Glory <laughs> first, but <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe Steve Harvey will be the new uh, GM of Impact. Nice. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I thought that was a very uh, interesting name to see kind of pop up there. Uh, so yeah, so that wraps up for the news. And before we head out, the recommended match of the week, young boy, it's you're up for the recommended match. Okay, guys, I've got the recommended match of the week for you. It's one you're not gonna want to miss, and it's one that we've said on this show. Many, many times, but the time is now. If you haven't seen this, and I bet a bunch of you haven't, you have to go out and watch this this match because it is a freaking banger. Lions Project 10, 2017, yes. December. Yagi versus fucking Narita. The first match of the night, 15-minute draw. It is the greatest Young Lions match I've ever seen in my life to this point still. Easily over four stars. Easily one of the most violent like New Japan matches I've ever seen. You have to go see this yes, match. Yes, it's all New Japan world. There's no excuse. Freaking Yagi versus Narita was amazing. It was fire. And it's easily the best match of the last uh, Young Lions Cup uh, tournament. Like, by far. Yes, dude. I still remember that drop kick. Bro, that drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching it at uh, the Dojo 1. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Dude. If you haven't seen Yagi versus Narita, take 15 minutes out of your life and better yourself. Invest in yourself. <laughs> Make yourself a better person. <laughs> Make yourself a better person. Go out oh there and be somebody. God. Watch Yagi versus Narita from 2017. And then after that... Watch the second match. They only had two of them. That one's a banger, too. Yeah, it was. Dude, why'd you have to leave, Yagi? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's going to do it. That's my recommended match of the week. Nice. Also, before we go, I just want you guys to know I'm I'm feeling so crappy. But uh, I feel a little bit better doing this show, so thank you, guys. Boom. A little bit of keeping a strong style to make you better. Uh, So we'll be back next week. We'll be... Uh, back with reviews of Destruction in Beppu and Destructions in Kagoshima. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. You can check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesdays, we have Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, 
Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. And on Saturday, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr., Amy O., and All Elite Tiffany. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. We'll catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.